Unlimited. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Wow, do we have news today in the vehicle space. Thanks for joining us, everybody. You're on the Tech Ranch. Uh, This is your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. And I'm going to apologize in advance for today's show. Both Steve and I are traveling, and we're having difficulties even trying to get together online to record. So we're just going to kind of take turns today. It's going to feel probably a little disjointed and, and whatever, but we have great news uh, so it's just hang on for the ride. And anyway, the the car industry is such a fascinating space, right? And it couldn't be more fascinating as it is right now. You have this kind of war going on between internal combustion engines and EVs or electric vehicles. And EVs have been touted as kind of the savior of, of the world, right? It's going to... Uh, save us from uh, man-made climate climate change. And I don't know where you sit on the climate change issue, but we're not really going to talk about that too much today. Uh, it just seems like, you know, politically that's where we're headed. Um, so as a result of that, you know, we have all these mandates coming down and, and some states are more than others. Germany, for example, has a mandate that uh, uh, all vehicles, you know, moving forward, I forget what year it is, but they all have to be EVs. Uh, California is kind of in the same space where they're mandating more and more electric vehicles. And I don't know about you, uh, but if you've tried, if you've rented an electric vehicle, tried to go get it charged, uh, I've had horror stories, absolute horror stories when it comes to getting my car fueled up with electricity, right? So it's been really challenging for me. And I just seen some footage out of San Diego. Some of you probably have seen this as well, where this person was just driving along. Um, I think was going to get, well, I don't think they had an EV. That's right. They were just taking a video of this. There was like four or six charging stations. And this is 11 o'clock at night. And the line to charge cars was wrapped around the block. And fortunately, they were kind of in order. But you're not in a line to charge up your car unless you need to go home or wherever you're headed to. So you're stuck. You have no choice but to sit there and wait until you can get a spot to charge. And these things, you just don't charge them in five minutes. It takes 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. The one last one I had took two hours, two hours to charge. And people have, people who are waiting behind that are waiting. Just as simple as that. I can't imagine how long it took for those people to get their cars charged that were sitting in line there. So anyway, a lot of challenges with the EVs. And it's just that the infrastructure isn't there to, to handle the demand uh, that's been kind of forced on people. I like EVs. I love the performance of them. So I'm not against the technology. It's just, you know, you think about the 
I mean, electricity isn't isn't magic fairy dust. It has to come from someplace. And so I don't think, you know, you're saving maybe a little bit there in, in CO2 emissions, but not a lot. And then when you factor in the kind of mining that has to go on for lithium batteries and or for lithium to make the batteries, there's a lot there too. And these cars are heavy. They're very heavy. There's a lot of a, there's just, these are big batteries that you're sitting on. And then they've had some challenges as far as if they're in an accident or whatever. Um, you know, they tend to catch fire a little quicker. Our first responders are having some challenges with those as well. And I'm, you know, I'm sure all of these things will get worked out. So I have, I have the utmost trust in, in those people to get these things worked out. But, you know, maybe there's just a better way, right? And that's really what this is about, uh, at least for me today, is a technology that that is old. It's not horses, by the way. Although I'm sure some of you are probably thinking that, and maybe that's not such a way, to, such a bad way to go, right? Feed them some grass; they can take you someplace. Um, but it's compressed air, and Jeep Stellantis, I believe Stellantis is the name of the company that that has Jeep, uh, has has uh, actually just a few days ago made a startling. Um, I don't know if you, it's not a prediction; they're working on this. So, uh, but made a startling statement, I guess you could say, that they're working on an air compressed or compressed air vehicle, and I guess they're pretty close with this. And they're going to put it in Jeeps. And they're claiming that you use conventional fuel, so you'll you'll fill up with gasoline, and you'll get up to 120 miles a gallon. 120 miles a gallon. And on top of that, they have figured out some other ways that you can reduce the emissions of CO2 uh, while burning, burning gasoline in these. But, you know, even at 120 miles a gallon, if the average vehicle out there right now is getting 20 to 25 miles a gallon, that's a 5 to 6x change in the amount of fuel that you're going to use to, you know, run around town or take trips or whatever. The cool thing is, is that if you're in town, you can run on strictly air. You can actually, if you have as little, an air compressor at home, you can actually fill up the tank that way. The engine that's in the car, when it runs, it's running an air compressor to fill up the tank with air. So it's not driving all the other stuff that has to go along with it, right? So it's very, very clever. And I believe that we're on the cusp of some amazing technologies that just seem really simple. And I love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, you know, I've been in a lot of autonomous vehicles, most of them electric, some gas-powered or fuel-powered, um, but most of those are electric. You know, I was in a couple of um, natural gas a couple years ago. I thought that was interesting as well. Um you know, I was even in a solar car one time. And that, for me, as some of you who know who I am, uh, I'm not a small guy. I'm a little tall. You know, I could probably play football at some time in my life. Uh, but 
you know, to fit into a solar car, which is really, those things are really made for more of a person that's more of like a disc jockey size or disc jockey, I should, I should say. Um, oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, I got disc jockey in my head now, but some of you races horses, right? So maybe is that a disc jockey? That doesn't seem right to me. I feel like that's more on the, uh, um, spinning record side. So anyway, that's more of a DJ, right? So, uh, horse jockey, maybe. Ah, tired. And again, uh, I apologize to everybody. I'm actually in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee right now. And uh, uh, the place is light enough for Christmas. It's absolutely beautiful here with the Smoky Mountains. Uh, having a good time visiting with a lot of people. A lot of, a lot of conversations on tech as I've been here as well. And, uh, but, you know, and then, and then on top of this, so we have, we have that, right? You have this big debate about hydrogen, or not hydrogen, but the big debate between combustion engines and EVs. And hydrogen is starting to get put into this mix a little bit too. Uh, but you have that going on. You got uh, Jeep coming out now with a potential compressed air vehicle. I couldn't be more excited about that, by the way. And then, of course, there is the flying car. So the flying car, a company here in the United States, called A-Leaf, I believe. I'm kind of looking it up right now. And this particular car, yeah, A-Leaf, A-L-E-F, so maybe it's A-Leaf, uh, but A-Leaf Aeronautics, it's a startup in in uh, California, and they received their spe- special airworthiness certificate for its Model A flying car. So what makes this flying car unique is that it's, kind of looks like a car it does drive on the roads at up to 25 miles an hour and then and then you can fly it now i was trying to dig into whether or not you needed to have a pilot's license because the the two flying cars that i've been in in with ehang uh those are actually their plan with ehang is to actually uh be totally autonomous so you could say you know you could tell your car to take you to its uh, to your favorite coffee shop and they'll just fly you there, which is cool, right? Uh, so I'm not sure if the A-Leaf is going to do that or not, uh, but it's pretty cool. It's $300,000 for this vehicle. It's 25 miles per hour on the ground. They say that if you need to go faster than that, just take it airborne and uh, you can fly faster. So if you need to park it in a garage or something like that, you can drop it out of the sky someplace and then drive it into your garage or into a parking lot uh, for better parking or whatever, whatever you want to do, right? So it's interesting. They're actually taking pre-orders for this right now. I think they have about 400 pre-orders. You can put 150 bucks down on this to be in, in the queue. Uh, if you want priority, then you put 1500 bucks down on this. And I believe it's a refundable um scenario if you decide that you don't want to do this sometime in the future so anyway so yeah you could pre-order a flying car what do you think about that it's kind of curious isn't it i wonder what kind of lease options you're going to have with these flying cars can i get one for 4.99 a month i don't know maybe i don't you know how what's the what's the airworthiness of these things will you get uh is it going to be based on the number of hours of flight or on how many miles you drive these are all things that are going to be curious to find out because, you know, a lawnmower, for example, or a tractor, I should say, 
a lot of times those are just based on the amount of hours that they have on them. And when we talk about our vehicles, we always talk about how many miles we've traveled. And that seems to be the the measure that we use on those. So anyway, just all kinds of great news going on right now in the automotive industry. And I am so excited to hear about the compressed air vehicle by Jeep. And I can't wait. And my guess is that this is going to be a huge topic at CES in the beginning of January. So I can't wait to get there and check out what Jeep has in store for us in the future. It's very exciting. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. I'm going to put this under the category of you think you've seen everything. So this is quite extraordinary. This launched just a few days ago by Humane, H-U-M-A-N-E. They call it an AI pen. So the pen is a square, I'm going to say about an inch and a half to two inches square with a magnetic back that you can attach to clothing or to other things for that matter. But clothing is what it's designed for. It's a wearable. And... It's supposed to take the place of your smartphone. Has a camera on it, has a microphone, a persona speaker, I believe is what they call it. It has Bluetooth capability, so you can just sync it to your Bluetooth headset. And that's it. If you need to see something, it has a laser beam. That's a green emitting laser beam that basically will draw onto things. So, for example, if you have a text coming in from somebody, you just put your hand in front of it and it will project on your hand what the text is. So no screen. There's no screen at all. This is totally text or speech voice driven. I'm not really sure what I think about this. It is certainly intriguing and I think I like it <laughs> I'm not a big screen person anyway uh, and of course there's a lot of lot of people are going to look at this and say are you kidding me I need a screen how am I supposed to play a game or you know record video properly even though this does have a camera built into it and it will record i mean you can record your life events because you have a camera that you wear but you won't be able to aim it very well uh and there's you know many many apps i'm guessing you know and i shouldn't be saying that i i guess but i i would have to imagine that gps is built into this you know all of your standard phone features oh and this is where it really gets interesting so the device is going to cost $699, and it's already available. It's already out. I don't know if you can run down to your local T-Mobile. I believe it's that uh, uh, that's who you're going to be able to get it through, uh, but you go down there. The plan is $24 a month for a cell phone service plan. That's pretty incredible when you think about that. So... If you're looking for a low-cost way to to have a cell phone, and you or and you basically are using like a Bluetooth headset to talk to people already, uh, or just leave it in speaker mode, I see more and more of that as well. This is this is very interesting, and you could significantly lower your monthly phone bill uh, with this device, and. 
it might be more practical to you. But again, it doesn't come with um, a screen. This is a pin. They call it an AI pin for a reason. It's something that you wear. You could put it on your ball cap if you wanted to. The other thing that's really intriguing about this is that magnet that goes on the back. So it's it's hot swappable and it's a power pack. So what that means is that any given time, let's say the power is running low, you just change that magnet out and, and the AI pin is ready to go again. So they must have some internal battery power. Maybe it runs for five or 10 minutes that without having that battery pack, the magnet attached to it. But, you know, the fact that you can just switch those things out at any given time without having to really charge up the device, so to speak, intriguing as well, isn't it? So lots of cool things with this. The AI pin by Humane, uh, it's going to be something that is probably revolutionary. And I see a lot of people, and myself included, because I, I got to tell you, I, I really do get tired of the screen. I uh, I would rather, if it's just easy to talk to something, you know, I would I would do that. It's got a built-in translator too, by the way, so you can set it to to Japanese or to German or whatever. Put your earpiece in. Uh, you'll be able to. If somebody's speaking German to you, it'll translate it into your ear that way. And then the speaker on the AI pen, when you talk, will transmit that back out in German. So. That in itself is going to be a very, very big deal. Uh, the fact that you can travel and, and, uh, and I shouldn't even say travel. I mean, we live in a world nowadays that the next person you encounter may or may not speak the language you speak, right? This is a game changer in that regard. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I didn't get into the flying car stuff as much as I wanted to the last segment, and I'll finish up with with that. The flying car, in my opinion, is also a game changer. And the fact that all of these technologies are seeming to just come out one after the other after the other is incredible. Uh, The flying car when it becomes more readily available. And by the way, some of these flying cars that they're talking about, I mean, these things, you're, you're, you're talking the less than the price of a regular car right now that, that you drive on the road. Uh, not all of them are that way. I mean, the one that, uh, from A-Leaf is $300,000, but that is actually a world worthy car as well. Most of the flying cars don't have wheels on them. For example, you can't drive them on the ground. So they're not, they're not really, a car in a more in the practical sense, but but uh, it's still deemed a flying car because it's for you know one person, two people, maybe a family to to travel around in the air. So it's your form of transportation, so to speak, right? Uh, but some of those vehicles, I mean, they talk in that fifteen to twenty thousand dollar range, which is incredibly reasonable in today's world uh, of automobiles. So. Keep an eye open for that too. I, I think you're going to see that technology, that type of vehicle become more and more prevalent in the next year or two. I actually see the day in the very, very near future where you, where you go to the dealership, where you buy a car and you're basically going to have three choices. 
and then some choices from that because it all then it depends on the powertrain and and type of engine that you're going to have in these things you know how how does it get someplace but you're going to have three choices you're going to have the traditional car that we drive right now you'll have a fully autonomous vehicle and that autonomous vehicle that self-driving vehicle by the way may not even have a steering wheel in it. There are now vehicles being tested that do not have steering wheels, no gas pedals, no nothing, uh, which makes the user experience inside the car more practical because there's more room. You don't need to have that dashboard. You don't need to have all this stuff. The seats, the front seats are rear turning, meaning that you can turn around and talk to the people in the back and you're facing them as the car's moving down the road. So there's all kinds of options. The the windshield in your vehicle becomes a projecting projections uh, or a screen where a projector can project stuff on there. So you can have your, you can have larger than life. You can watch a movie while you're driving down the road and these things. You can have a great conference call with family and friends while you're driving down the road and see them uh, because the screen or your windshield is the screen. So just all kinds of uh, great uses uh, for the car. So you'll have the autonomous vehicle, you'll have the 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 regular vehicle that you have, and of course, your third choice when you go to a dealership in the future is going to be the flying car. So you're going to have all three of those, and then you'll have to pick between if you want gas-powered and electric-powered vehicle, probably hydrogen, and of course, the one that we were just talking about in the last break here, or before the last break, is the air-powered vehicle. So cool. So, so cool. And we're back. Don't miss a minute of the Tech Ranch as we explore the cutting edge of tech with Marlo and Steve. For more exclusive content, visit thetechranch.com. So you're going to love this. Oh, by the way, welcome. Thank you. I did two two parts of the show now without you. Yeah. yeah. Last week, I waited on you. And I know. You waited on me. It's and, a good thing about yeah. having us kind of... We just kind of yeah. throw crap together and do what sticks to yeah. the studio walls. So, yeah. <laughs> thank goodness the walls are Teflon. They are. <laughs> just falls. Hey, okay. So Google Witness accidentally blurts out that Apple gets 36% cut of Safari. Mm-hmm. No. What? All right, I'll just read on a little bit more, and then we'll really talk about this. So this is the monopoly suit, the antitrust suit, whatever you want to call it, right. uh, against Google right now, right? So Google pays Apple 36% of its search engine or of its search advertising revenue from Safari to keep its search engine set as a default on Apple machines. So Safari is on the as the web browser, right? And Google actually pays Apple 36% of the revenue that it generates from that. So all the ads that you see when you do a search on Google or whatever through Safari, um, Google pays 36% of that revenue. So every time I pay a dollar to advertise for people to buy a National Day wall calendar from me, if it's seen on a Safari um, browser. browser on an Apple machine, 36 cents of that goes to Apple. Wow. That's a lot of money. It's worth tens of billions of dollars every year. So the conspiracy theory people, in this case, actually the government, might be right? Well, okay, sure. But 
is why is that not okay? I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. If somebody were to, and I'm just throwing that out here, and I'm, you know, picking on around our studio here, right? If somebody wanted to hang a sign on the door that said, Yarbo. Yeah, Yarbo, right? Yarbo. Yarbo wanted to pay us or to be on this program. That is okay, right? Absolutely. What are you drinking, by the way? Diet Coke. Seriously? Mm-hmm. I've known you for how many years? I've never seen you hear or utter the words Diet Coke before. Well, I... Because you're usually chai tea. Well, or I usually have that big jug of water. Yes. And it's... Is that uh, the only thing that was left in our fridge and that's why you're drinking it? I didn't even know there was a Diet Coke back there. Yeah. (laughs) There was. I wouldn't have had it earlier. (laughs) That's funny. you lose. That's funny. Um, Yeah, so what is that? See, I I think of it in terms of... uh, Okay, so... Monopoly. I think of it in terms of Ma Bell and then when they broke them up right. with the baby bell. Right. So um the thought process is one company too big gets to manipulate the market and if you're paying so okay, this goes back tell me if I'm wrong, uh this goes back to is the internet open or closed? Is the internet um, non-territorial is it supposed to be equal and accessible for everybody? Or well, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Or hey, we're gonna pay you to get our message across. So you could make that argument that nobody else could potentially pay Apple thirty per six cent of revenue at a level that or that my, that uh excuse me that Google is paying, right? Yeah, but for the access to the Apple devices, 37% is probably pretty nice profit as well, right? Right. So if another browser wanted to come in and go say, you know, it's worth it to me to be able to monetize because but, of what access to that platform, guess what? I'm making money. But this is the thing. So it goes back kind of to what you're thinking about. Google's so big, who can match that? I mean, I can I could come in from National Day Calendar or the Tech Ranch, whatever it is, right, and and tell Apple we'll pay you fifty percent. You got fifty billion dollars because it's about what it would cost. Well, that's the point I'm getting to, right? It doesn't matter because I can't match the thirty six percent that Google is paying Apple. So yeah, but you're not paying it up front. Yeah, but they already know. You can't tell me that they don't know how much. There's 36% of what we potentially will make. Right. Okay, here's 50% of what we'll make. But they have make. they have an idea already of how much you're going right. to make. I mean, they already have an idea about how much it's you. Yeah, yeah they're, they're exactly right. It's exactly right. So, yeah, so it's, it is interesting. Um, I don't know. Okay, Google pays a total of $26 billion for its default contracts. $26 billion. Pocket change. This is the other thing about this, though. Um, and it would be interesting to see, although I don't think this is the case, but it would be interesting to see if Apple already knows that they're going to make this much money because of every device that they make, that they make an extra $1,000 because of advertising revenue that it gets from Google and other sources, right? So does that drive the cost of the device down? I don't know if that's the case on Apple, but I know I it's the case on PCs. Yeah. So, again, question then, because you see, let's talk just about phones. 
So you're going to have it on an Apple phone, iPhone. Right, that's correct. Um, you see these promotions with the carriers, whether it's ATT, Verizon, T-Mobile. Um, hey, we get to give away phones. It's like, sign up, new number, we'll give you the phone. And that comes around every so often. Otherwise, yep. you're paying a thousand, twelve hundred dollars for a phone. Right. Um, what gives them the ability to go? Okay, hey, this month we're going to give away phones. So it's a combination of a bunch of things. So I mean, a lot of times it's not the newest phone, but it seems to be getting the the newer, newer phone yeah, all the time, right? Excess inventory of the last one because there's a new one coming out. Right. So you have that going on. It's still a new phone. Um. But there's a lot Probably of people. Way better than my wife's. Oh, I'm sure. iPhone I'm sure. Or seven, I think she's. So when you have your device come preloaded with a bunch of different software on it, they were paid to have that software preloaded on there, just like your computer. So when you buy a computer at at a Best Buy or a Walmart or wherever you're buying your computer from, it comes with a lot of software preloaded, and they're paying the manufacturer of that computer to have that software on there because a lot of it is, you know, good for a year. They know that the virus protection you're getting on the machine, for example, most people don't go out and shop for a new virus protection program. They'll just renew that one after the first year. And and they know that 70% of the people who have this will do that, right? So it's worth so many dollars for them to have that on that machine so that they're able to get that income from it. So, and that does actually... um go into factoring how much that computer costs and how much they'll retail it for. And and the same I would imagine is true with phones that you have this going on, that there's a, a certain value to an Apple that when you own a phone and you're going to own the phone for, let's say it's an average of three years, that you're going to make this amount of money every time you open up a Safari browser, right? Or, yeah, and then you... You let's say it makes a penny every time that you open it up, and and thirty six percent of that goes right back to Apple again. So when you get a new phone or do you get a, a new computer, what's the first thing you do? Do you go through and take off all the excess crap that you don't need? It's a, it's almost impossible. To do it, it's almost impossible to do that. I tried to do that on the phone that I have right now. I, I, I was just on the airplane the other night, and I'm going through there, and I'm like, I don't want this on here because it's I, my phone is so cluttered right now. Right. I figured I'd clean it up. It's something to do when you're in the air, right? And and I tried. It would not allow me to remove some of the stuff, which is why a lot of people will, um, you know, add their own. There's a way that you can actually you know, take what they have on there off there and put it back on. And then a lot of people break their phones because of that meaning that they don't work anymore. Uh, but if you know what you're doing, you can actually, you know, reprogram your phone, you know, so it doesn't have all the AT&T or Verizon stuff that they put on there. But that's the reason for it, by the way. Yeah, that's yeah. the first thing I try to do is get stuff off. It's like, what do I not need? And it's, unbe- it's unbelievable what well, comes on the phone. And with the... Phones, you can't, but because there's so many things that work on different operating systems that it, they're interconnected. Yeah. And you're like, uh, if I take that off, then what's not going to work? And the phone itself might not work. With computers, it's almost easier if you've got your own, say, Windows 11. Wipe the computer. Just. That's true. Buy the new computer, wipe it, and then reinstall your operating system. You can do that with phones, though, you know. It's not as easy. It's not as easy. And the reason for it, it's above my pay grade. I think the reason it's really that it's just easier on computers is simply because there are input 
there are ways to input data, right? Like a right. like a drive. You could have a you could still have a disk drive um, or a DVD drive or a CD drive, whatever you have on your computer. And you also have USB ports, so you can put a flash drive on there and uh, on on you know basically load your software from there. On a phone, it just seems a little more difficult, but most phones now have a USB C port, so you can utilize that to actually. Uh, or program it, program or plug it into a PC or an Apple. I'm sure. You know, as I'm thinking about it, I don't know how. I used to do this with Droids all the time. I don't know how much how easy it is with Apple to actually reprogram them. Um, probably not. Yeah, I mean, Apple really locks it down. One of the reasons I use that, like Android, is because I have some flexibility with it. So well, yeah, yeah. It, it almost works like your computer, and you right. can put things on that you right. want. Or as a developer, I can right. do things to it. You, know, you can't do that with Apple. Apple products, you're yeah. locked into what they want you to have. All the testing that I do on the developer side with Apple is always on a simulator. So that's interesting. But anyway, you should uh, work on the golf simulator a little bit better. Maybe your game would get better. <laughs> <laughs> if I just played more, the game would get better, right? That would be true, too. And I would rather do that. I'm out for the walk, usually, when I'm golfing. I never take a cart. I, I never take I, a cart, unless I'm forced to. If I'm in a tournament or something. Yeah, and you're forced to. And there's a couple golf courses you don't have a choice. But around around where you and I live, I don't think there's any golf course that you can't walk, right? Well, and most of the time, I'm if I'm golfing with Wendy, and my wife, I'm... Nine holes. Shilling. Okay. Nine holes. Sure. It's like, really? Did any of our golf courses open back up around here since it got nice again? I don't know. I should check on that. You should check on that. We could sneak out because it's been nice enough again. Yeah. I bet New Salem is. Well, any of those. Yeah. 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 Flasher would be too. I haven't played Flasher in a long time. But yeah, when it's 55 or 60 degrees outside, that's nice golfing weather. So anyway, that's that's what's new in the Google world. Um, you know, I know I talked a little earlier about about uh, flying cars, and and there's uh, there's more in, there's more news since since earlier in the program. Look at this, Joby Velocipol, Velociraptor, kind of close. V o l o c o p t r Velocopter, Velocicopter, Velocicopter. Uh, fo- there's no copter. It's V L O. It's V O L O. Volocopter. Volocopter. You're adding one more. Velociraptor. Velociraptor. Yeah, there we yeah. go. That's a good thing. Uh, fly electric air taxis over New York. Wait. Joby Aviation and Velocopter performed brief demonstration flights of their electric aircraft in New York City over the weekend. New York Mayor Eric Adams wants to electrify two of the three heliports located in Manhattan. The city aims to reduce emissions by 80% from a 20, 2005 baseline by 2025. Wow. I don't mean... <laughs> wow. I need to read that again. The city aims to reduce emissions by 80% from a 2005 baseline by 2025. Isn't that like 13 months from now? Yeah. Okay, so I was just in New York two weeks ago. Again, wow, and and I'm talking about the aggressive timeline on that. There's, which you're not going to have that aggressive a timeline on something unless it's already there. It, it's it's ready to roll. I don't even know how to answer that or or even comment on that. 
Why would they even have that in this article? Folks, you heard it here first. Wow. Marlo was speechless. Speechless. Joby's aiming to initially roll out a commercial service in New York and Los Angeles as part of the city-to-airport services deal with Delta Airlines. So this is what a lot of the flying car services in the future are going to be to airports. That's kind of the low-hanging fruit of where it starts, right? You can go to a place and park your car, hop into a fly-to-the-airport thing, and then it'll just take you there, that last three miles, that last five miles, whatever, because those are always the most congested anyway, right? Right. You know, you try to get into an airport, and it just seems like you can sit there forever before you can get in there. So this will actually take some of the pressure off of uh, this airport. And, and quite frankly, I'm sure like Delta, they're looking at this as a value add. Can we get another, you know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks from a customer that would normally go to a taxi cab service or something? Now we can fly them into the airport and then they can have a better experience by doing that. Thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. When's the last time you used ChatGPT? A couple months. Okay. So did you, did you, I use it a lot more? Okay, you just kind of wanted to learn a little bit about it, so you were in there. Explored. Okay. I, I was in the exploratory phase. Did you do anything significant while you were exploring in there, or did you just want to check it out a little bit? I just checked it out. Okay. I find it significant. Well, like you wrote an email. World Peace. Yeah, or, any of that? Yeah, I didn't do any of that. Okay. So you're going to find this interesting, I think. I was playing with actually having like writing some love letters to my wife. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I suck at that. <laughs> Don't tell her. I hope she's not listening right now. There are 100 people <laughs> getting married next summer that are listening to us right now thinking, oh, I can write my vows. And- yes. Uh, yes, you can. And they're all guys. <laughs> exactly right, too. <laughs> You're welcome, by the way. Yes. Gentlemen listening right now that are getting married next summer. Um so ChatGPT has been on fire lately. I mean, it's unbelievable. So they, they, uh, it, it's like all this competition comes along and they're like, okay, you know, you, there's, there's Bard, there's now Gork now from, uh, uh, Elon Musk and Twitter or X. Gork. It's, it's called Grok, G-R-O-K, inspired by the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Nice. Has a little, snarkiness, sarcasm to the answers and stuff like that. So, uh, It's like that, when you and I talk. All right. Yeah, exactly. It would be just like talking to Steve all the time now. That's great. What I want in my AI. Uh, no snarkiness there. Are you real or are you AI? <laughs> yeah, so they... they uh, so chat GPT, they are... So there's, there's four. If you... If you pay for it which is like 20 bucks a month it's it's uh there's chat gpt4 i think you can use chat gpt4 for a free version too but there's 3.5 too which is pretty good and they have the turbo version of that and stuff now uh within four uh so dolly d-a-l-l dash e okay came out just right before chat gpt became public last december okay and you could if that was a text to image right i could tighten mm-hmm. in there uh, I would like a realistic person as a photograph sitting in front of a microphone running a radio talk show, okay? And it would create this for you. And then, you know, the more information you give it, the better it gets, right? But it wasn't... And make me taller, thinner, and better looking. 
it wasn't really that good right now. <laughs> right? And then it's 2 came out. I never even played with Dolly 2. And now Dolly 3 came out. And then just with a bang, it's been integrated into ChatGPT. Well, and you spent all your time on ChatGPT. I spent a lot of time in there. So I just type in the other day to create a graphic. And I think, did I tell you about this? About the Northern Lights thing? So I talked about this a little earlier in the show when you weren't in. Did you see the Northern Lights picture I put up on my Facebook feed like two weeks ago? I did. Okay. Guess where that came from? You made it up. I did. Well, that's not fair. I typed in there that I wanted to have a Northern Lights scene captured from a rural area in North Dakota. And then I worked with a little bit more, saying put a little, a couple of abandoned farm buildings in there, uh, a pond, blah, blah, and some rolling hills. I, I kept adding to this until I'm like, oh my goodness, this thing looks, it looks, well, as you've seen, it looked incredible, right? And I, and then I posted it up on I wouldn't have known. Facebook. And this was, this was a test, Steve. It really was a test. And I put it up there. And of course, I don't know what I, what was there? There were hundreds of comments in there. About it. I mean, it's probably one of the most commented thing I've ever put up on on uh, Facebook since since I put a picture up of Donica Patrick and myself. You know, under that was probably my hottest one. Of course, all the guys in my life. She's truly that short, so or I'm just truly that tall. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was kind of a combination of both. <laughs> I have this thing when I'm around people who are shorter than me. By the way, I tend to lean over a little bit, and I've decided lately I I just can't. I do that in all my pictures. I need to stop doing that. I just don't want to feel like I'm gigantor over everybody else. You're a big supporter of the lollipop deal. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I have no response to that either. <laughs> so I put this photo out there. And of course, people are, are commenting. Some even commented, "Only oh, it's 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 like a it's like a painting." And and uh, people would personally DM me, and they're just like, "What kind of what kind of camera or, or what what kind of phone do you have? Is it live or is it memorized?" So they were just asking. They didn't even ask me if it was real or not. They were asking me what kind of phone I was using to take those type of night pictures. Which you know, I have a Samsung, and it does take incredible night pictures. Like, oh, it does. Yeah, I mean, I can be out in the middle of. I can't even see the hand, my hand in front of my face, but yet when I take a photo, it's it's the mountains. Have, I just cannot get over that. Have you been out and, it, and I discovered this in Hawaii? We took a picture at night and the background. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. So I started playing with some of the pictures of some of the constellations, and holy crap! Was the, I? You talk about great pictures of. Just the sky and space at night and I don't, stars. I, I don't. I've never seen stars pop like that on a photo. Well, and and as you and I know, a little photo, I mean, an AI photo. As as the <laughs> back in the day when you took photos with a camera that you held, it was impossible to take pictures of the star or the moon or anything. I mean, it would just look like the big blur. The moon would just look blurry in the sky, very grainy, fuzzy. The, the stars you could never get. I mean, there just wasn't enough light. That you could, you know, use the capture yeah. on film or whatever. Now it's like you just point and shoot, and you have stars. Are you, do you know? I don't think people even realize the significance of being able to do that because people who grew up with this technology now are like, well, yeah, you just point and shoot, right? You just take the picture. That wasn't the way it was not that long ago. Uh, anyway, I put this way better than my one ten slide and click and shoot camera. I, I think it took like 
260 comments on this photo before somebody said, hey, that's AI. How did they figure it out? That I don't know. Um, I just think they thought it was too good to be true, which it was. It was too good to be true. And I immediately, and, and I think I think they were just like, why are you pulling the the wool over our eyes, Marlo? I mean, we trust you. Why are you doing this? And I immediately responded and said, ding, 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 congratulations. I wanted to see how many people we would go through that would just blindly believe anything that was put out there before well, somebody actually said something. And I'm, I, I know that people trust me, right? And that's the thing. But as somebody, I've had my, I've had my stuff hacked before. I'm not, right. in, you know, just because you and I are, are geeky, like maybe well, you're little. Geekier, but, but you know what I mean? I mean, this happens to everybody. And so if you could have taken over my account and not, and done something a lot further worse or whatever than, than putting a picture out there of the Northern Lights, the experiment was don't believe everything you see. Well, it's AI is easy. And, and, and we haven't Apparently, gotten into down the road far enough for the paradigm shift where people start questioning what it, they see a picture on social media and just assume or take it for granted. Don't think twice about is it real or not. Well, and, and we're kind of setting up for the next segment in our program here because we're really going to dive into these deep fakes. Deep fake. And what's about ready to come unleashed on us. Uh, so I think everybody has to kind of understand that Mine was simple and easy to do, but I can do the I, I can do the same thing with I don't like somebody's French fries. I, I don't like my competition. Just in time for political season. Ding ding ding. It's exactly where we're gonna go on our next conversation, and you're not gonna believe what we have to say about it. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. From America's number one travel radio show, I'm Robert Carey. And I'm Mary Carey, and this is your RM World Travel Minute for November 15th. Well, the holiday season is essentially upon us. We turned the clocks back a week and a half ago, and Thanksgiving is directly ahead coming up next Thursday. For many Americans, Thanksgiving represents the busiest time of the year for travel. How about for you? Well, currently on our website, we're asking two travel polls that we'd like you to go vote in. The first is, Thanksgiving 2023 will have you traveling, and you can fill in the blank with a number of options. And the second travel poll question that you'll find on the homepage of rmworldtravel.com is where's your favorite place to spend Thanksgiving? Here in the New York City area where Mary and I are, certainly the big Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade draws many travelers to this city. You can travel back 400 plus years ago in Plymouth, Massachusetts and experience what they call America's hometown Thanksgiving. Detroit enjoys their turkey trot race. And down in Dallas, well, Thanksgiving is all about their cowboys and the big game at AT AT&T Stadium. Where will you be on Thanksgiving and where's your favorite place to travel? Go vote at rmworldtravel.com. Go vote indeed. website again, rmworldtravel.com. Have a great day, everyone. Hello, North Dakota. Joe Giganti, host of the regular Joe Show, now heard weeknights 9 to midnight here on Super Talk 1270. Together, we'll tackle the hottest topics, be it politics, entertainment, or the culture, unapologetically through the lens of true conservatism, all while remembering to laugh and have a little bit of fun. You know, live life boldly. The regular Joe Show, weekday evening starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 
1270 mobile app. AM Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packard. Israel now sending in new aid for Gaza's besieged Al Shifa Hospital as dozens of patients remain trapped inside. ABC's Patrick Rivel has more from just outside of Gaza in Israel. Israel under pressure to justify its actions at the hospital amid the humanitarian catastrophe in Gaza. Israel finally now yielding to a U.S. request to allow some fuel into Gaza as shortages mean communications, water and sewage systems are failing. But the amount nowhere near enough, only two tankers a day. Meanwhile, a Hamas spokesman says the group has, quote, lost contact with a number of groups charged with protecting hostages taken from Israel and that their fate remains unknown. One law enforcement officer killed in a shooting in the lobby of a Concord, New Hampshire hospital, 63-year-old Bradley Haas, who had previously served in the U.S. Army and the Franklin chief of police, working as a security guard for the hospital at the time, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu. Make no mistake, if not for the heroics and sacrifice of Bradley Haas, the bravery of the New Hampshire hospital staff, the unflinching response of New Hampshire State Police, um, this tragedy it could have been much, much worse. The 33-year-old shooter, a transient killed by police. A death at a Taylor Swift show in Brazil during a dangerous heat wave. Taylor Swift posting on Instagram, she's, quote, overwhelmed with grief after the death of a 23-year-old fan during her Eras Tour concert in Rio de Janeiro Friday night. The show's organizers say the woman was attended by paramedics after feeling unwell, then taken to the hospital where she died an hour later. NBC's Claire Bauer, officials also telling local media about a 1,000 fans fainted before and during the event and that water bottles were not allowed inside the stadium. SpaceX launching its mega rocket Starship this morning, but lost both the booster and the spacecraft. Engineers declared that the vehicle had failed in its second stage, triggering a self-destruct about eight minutes into the flight. The FAA says future launches are suspended pending an investigation. You're listening to ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, look for sunny skies and a high around 51 degrees. Mostly clear tonight, low of 30. Partly sunny and around 50 for Sunday. For Sunday night, chance of rain, 34. For Monday, partly sunny and breezy, a slight chance of rain. We'll see a high near 48 degrees. Are you behind on your tax payments? Call Tax Solutions Now for help. 800-281-8193. Right now, it's 49. Talk of the town with Steve Bakken. Weekday morning starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Let's see, in about a year, we will be wrapping up the presidential election. Well, let's hope. Can't wait. I mean, I guess the last couple last couple times around has taken longer than 
election day to find out who the president was. Yeah, careful. We have to add more bo- ballots. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Some, 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 uh, some state's going to be contested or whatever. But, but we are entering the last year now of what I'm guessing will be a, another, another hotly contested presidential election. And I'm sure there's a lot of other congressional, uh, governorships, I mean, all over the country that are going to be really contested. And you have to, there's no doubt, no doubt in my mind that artificial intelligence is going to be a significant problem with this. So if you're looking at the impactfulness of a deep fake, because it's kind of what we're talking about right. here, the ability to go, hey, my candidate said something really stupid. Or was seen or with somebody. Gay, or, 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 yeah. You know, or, sitting in the... Uh, you know, have a mockery mistress. Yeah, whatever it is, right? They don't have a mistress, yeah. but, well, how do you know? Yeah. Um, I, I do have a question about the impactfulness when we get there. So, okay. So, bring that up in a few moments. So, all the major social media platforms, uh, search engines, whatever, are coming out with solutions to to try to work with this, right? So Facebook has a, where if you're putting a political ad out, you have to state if you used AI to develop the ad. Okay, you have to state that. How would they know? Well, that's kind of the point, right? And Oh, you're going to put politicians on the honor system. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing, right? So you say that you didn't use AI and there's this image that goes out uh, or this video that goes out that actually is very, very damaging. By the time it gets distributed, I mean, today I put a post out on on our, our social media and, and you know, within within a half hour, 50,000 people had seen it already, you know, and, and on a political side, that's nothing. I mean, millions of people can see it in a half hour or whatever, right? The damage is already done because even after after it's seen, uh, the odds of you seeing some type of disclaimer two hours from now saying, oh, I'm sorry, that was an AI-generated image or you get all this backlash that comes with it. Most of those people will not see the disclaimer. And that was or, my question on the impact on the take side of yeah, things. Yeah. The, so the, the impactfulness and when things come out. So, because timing is a little bit of everything. So, timing is everything. But now you take a look at the vo- way the voting system is where people can mail in ballots or, you know, start voting two months ahead. Right. If you're going to start doing deep fakes against a political, where's the impact? Is, is it? Two months earlier, or is it a month? Or well, the ability to election day or the day before election, all, all day, the above, right? All the above, because the AI gives you the ability to saturate a platform easily. Easily, you can you can program AI to do a lot of that work for you. You know, it doesn't have to be that you have to manually post all this stuff either. I mean, there's plenty of programs out there that you can just go boom, whiz bang. And then once that, uh, once you're caught up with... Is that an app? The WhizBang app? Yeah. Yeah. Should be one, right? Really? Should be. Sounds like it should be. It's not. After we're done with the show today, yeah, I, should... I might look that up. I need a name for a new app anyway, so Whizbang. WhizBang would be good. WhizBang. I like WhizBang. I do too. That actually would work for this app I'm working on. Perfect. 
Whiz bang, whiz bang. And somebody now has it. <laughs> Whizbang.com. We, we passed a lot like, of really good ideas. We want in the show. We do. I just wonder, though, um, you know, about this volunteering thing and how, and, and what are the ramifications? What, that we're going to cancel your account if you didn't divulge it? Yeah. Oh, boy. I already, I already, I already live in Poland or, or I live in Nigeria and somebody paid me from the United States to start an account in, on Facebook and gave me $50,000 to get a bunch of people to follow me because you can kind of do that nowadays. You can, you can buy a following if you want to. I mean, give away a car. Let's see what kind of following you get within a week. I'm just throwing that out there, right? And then all of a sudden you got ten or 20,000 people and then here comes this image along that you post up on there that then gets shared by ten or thousand, twenty thousand people to there. And that's just there. 2,000 people or followers or 500 friends or whatever who then will share it again and again and again and again. And before you know it, you've had millions and millions of people see this image that is false. It's like the the old uh, shampoo commercial and they'll tell two friends and so yeah. on and, and so on and so Because... It's not about the initial impact as much as it's click shared, click shared. You know, we think of things in just a little bit of word of mouth, you know, spreading that, that word out. But with social media, that's entirely changed. And click share, click sh- Now you could have AI, if you really wanted to get in, you could manipulate each share. You really could. Now the, so what do you trust? Where are you going to trust to get your information now? MarloAnderson.com. <laughs> Whizbang.com. Whizbang. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it. You can't. And whether and I've been in media all my life. And mainstream media, it's not what it used to be. Print media, not what it's used to be. I, I uh, just wonder, though, Steve, with the, with the deep fake scenario, if traditional media is not going to make a little bit of a comeback. It should. Because when you think about, not that everybody trusts traditional media either, but... Well, no, it's truly, eroded. That that trust has been eroded over the last decade. But if there's more trust than that, than there is on what you're reading for social media, then odds are pretty good that people will start responding more to traditional media again. Yeah, but I, I was reading... A, no, it was on one of the morning shows news shows um and they were talking about where people get their news from and 70 some percent of young people um gen zers get their news from tiktok i think it was 76 percent what news do you get in a 30 second or less snippet that's not how they're getting their news on tiktok how is it it's live There are so many people people now that are using TikTok to stream live. It's unbelievable. And I've I've watched some of these things. There's a couple people in Las Vegas, for example, that show up in my TikTok feed. And I just, I don't know why, with the exception that I spend a lot of time in Las Vegas. So I'm assuming that TikTok knows that uh, because of whatever tracking they have on my phone. So then I get these feeds. And Vegas Polly, 
uh, is one of them. He's kind of got this New Jersey accent going on, and and he's he's broadcasting live. Almost where the holes in the desert are. <laughs> it is kind of funny. I love this guy. He's he's really and he's always reporting on news from Las Vegas, and he's always he's always live. He's okay, but that's my, live. Comments. My problem with it. Okay, great. News from Las Vegas. Fiery car crash on the interstate. Okay, interstate okay. closed down. Uh, okay, well. Go help somebody out of the car that's burning instead of taking the pictures of it. There's, so there's that. But uh, as far as political stuff goes, I mean, you could potentially have people that are at a rally, you know, listening to their, and then they could watch the candidates like on TikTok or Facebook or whatever. But you just got to have some way to prove that it's live. But I think, and I think a deep fake live is still, it's not impossible. Obviously, because there are all kinds of filters on TikTok now that you can put, you know, the head of a horse on yourself or, or a cat or whatever. And as you're moving around, but it's pretty noticeable. I mean, if you move a little bit, it doesn't keep up with you. So we're not there yet as far as those technologies go. So that's how I see that with the news stuff. And and I suppose that if you're getting something live like that, you're not going to get that live from any major network anymore. So TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, X, they're all going to play a role in. But I would, I would trust that. That's what I would trust. And then you get to see and make the opinion for yourself and hear and make the opinion for yourself. But that's not actual reporting. That's okay. You're just seeing it live. We're streaming a video of something happening live. Okay. But say it's a political rally. What's the backstory? Who's there from a candidate perspective or I why why is this, you know, in a little stream or a little snippet you're, of a video, you're not going to get the backstory, the information you need to deem it what I would call news. So you're, you're missing the... The research maybe that a reporter... Credibility... But there are some people that do that. I mean, I think about, and we've had people, we have people around here that are, that have gone to that. I, I think I'm thinking of a meteorologist out of, out of mine at North Dakota who just recently retired and has moved to another town, but has continued to report the weather on his own, um, media. Uh, I think he has a, a Facebook channel that he does it on. So, I'm just using that as an example, and I don't know if he's monetizing that, but he's very credible, has been doing it for a long time, and has a wonderful following, which I'm sure the uh, station that he worked with probably, I can't imagine, would be very happy about what he's doing, because I'm sure he pulled a lot of the people that... Well, on their social media platform, they're embedding his feed. So that's possible. That's That's very possible. Yeah, I don't don't know the answer to that. Well, You just said said a weather man was credible, though. It's like... They get paid to be right 50% of the time. 50%? Yeah, on a good day. But we love our it weather. It matters all. We love our weather people. It gives us something to talk about. It does. Did you hear this Friday we're going to have a blizzard? We are? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, gives us, it, yeah. it does give us something to talk about, you know, because we have nothing better to, I guess. Well, incredible weather, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're looking at the deep fake and I, I, I still have a problem with a 10 second snippet being news. Well, it's not news. You just have to take it for what it is, a snippet.
happy. Thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. It's really taken me a long time to get back to what I originally was talking about with ChatGPT here. We were talking about something? We were. You know, we were going to talk about how on fire they are right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, a couple segments ago already. Squirrel. Yeah. But it was fun to talk about what's possible, what's going to be happening on the political side with, with artificial intelligence. Kind of scary stuff. Don't believe everything you see. That's the, that is just the truth to the matter. Take your time. Don't repost stuff until you know for sure it's true. Because it's your credibility, right? Well, Facebook was like that a long time ago, too. People would uh, just repost things. They still do. Yeah, and then some fast checker would go, well, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. So just think about it this way. If you're about ready to repost it, make sure that you know that it's true because it is your credibility that is on the line when you do that kind of stuff. So just just know that. ChatGPT on fire. Uh Four Turbo is now out. In Fuego. Haven't tried it yet. The thing I'm most excited about, though, is the GPT store. There's a GPT store now? And it will start accepting applications for artificial intelligence. So AI can go get jobs? (laughs) That's a funny way to look at it. Think about it this way. When the Android store... And the Apple store opened 12 or 14 years ago. Think about that. There are now 2 million apps. Over 2 million apps. 2 million things have been created since then. Started a whole new economy, which started another whole new economy built on itself. I truly believe that that is what this is going to do. Because you and I now can make our own GPTs. And this is one, one example, two examples I'll give you. There's one, um, so you're in ChatGPT, okay? Mm-hmm. You can actually tab on this. I'm just going to show this to you. It's hard. I mean, it's just a little menu. You see where it says Dolly yeah. and then data. And then underneath it, it says Sticker Wiz. Sticker Wiz. Yeah. So what it does is, well, so Dolly. Different than WizBang. Different than WizBang. Dolly, D-A-L-E, is the image making scenario, right? So if I wanted to make images, I could just tap on Dolly. And then type it into Chat GPT, and and within a half a minute, I'll have that image that I that I typed that text to image. So type of thing. There was a push over the last uh, really six years um, where you had to have photos licensed. Yes. Getty Images. Yes, is what I'm. It's probably the most common people know of Getty Images. Um, Licensing, licensing fee, if you're reposting or writing an article, you need to have the licensure for a photo. Does this throw all that out the window? All out the window. Gone. You still have to have that. Why? Well, if you're going to use a Getty image, you have to have that. Well, yeah, but I'm using a Dolly image. They don't need it anymore. Gone. OpenAI, by the way. And why would I need a Getty image at all? Because I can have a... Because I've gone through and searched for Getty images and trying to find... I, I know what's in my head. Yeah. It's frightening. Um, but I know what's in my head, and you can't find it. So you wind up settling for something close. That's you correct. You don't have to settle anymore. Well, you don't have to. You might have to a little bit because it's still coming from the mind of something else, right? Uh, remind me to come back to the... Um, What's in my head? Yes. 
I guess I'm just going to go there first. The So OpenAI, the company who owns ChatGPT and Dolly and a few other things, uh, within the last week has come out with a guarantee that the images, you can use any image that you create using their products, and if you're taken to court over it, they will handle the court case. Really? And they'll, if there are, if there are damages, they'll pay up to $10 million in damages. How are they able to do that? Because they're that confident that they will win. That's why. This is the thing. This is the thing I think everybody has to think about. Well, if, if artificial intelligence is creating a picture, then it's could be extremely similar to another picture. Yeah, but, but you, the, it's created by AI. No. Who's directing it? You are. Right. Is it any different than you having somebody in your home or your office that's an artist or an illustrator or whatever? Paint me a picture of what? This is what I got. My that's exactly right. And you've now paid that person to do this for you and after and you've made an agreement beforehand that the work that is created is done and you could say i want it similar to this monet right and the painter will create that for you you have an agreement it's no different i have an agreement with OpenAI to use their tool to transfer the things i have in my mind out onto a piece of paper or onto a piece of art or whatever it is. So it is a Monet, really going to go no Right. Exactly. Don't, please don't leave your day job and go pursue what you think is a career in comedy. <laughs> I never thought of it. Uh, but that's the thing. And this is what they're standing on. They're saying that, fine, so we, we it's no different you know, if you if you are a painter, you cannot tell me that you have not been encouraged by everything around you to create what you paint right now. No, you know the road that you, the sidewalk that you walk down today, to the building that you're in right now, to the food that you ate, everything inspires you. And why is that different with an artificial intelligence? I'm now. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm right. Or, I mean that this is right or wrong. I'm just giving you how they're standing on this and I tend to from a legal stand, and I tend to stand with ChatGPT or OpenAI with that philosophy because I truly believe that you know it's it's no different than you as a photographer taking a photo and the photo is yours even though you've just photographed the most popular person in the world that person has no say in what you do with that photo because it's yours, right? I right. mean, that's just how it works. Took the photo. You took the photo. The the and and the most popular person in the world just happened to be in in my lens right now. It's my photo. So why is that any different than well? And that's been the, doing the, the, the argument with paparazzi for a long, long time. Like, yep, it, and it's held up every time. It's held up every time. So the most every popular person time. in the world, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if she no say in if, if somebody took a picture of her, if, Travis Kelsey, even if she's captured through a window in her home. See, I, I right, I, but, I agree with that. I I have a problem with that because, but legally, that's been. She could simply just go and close the curtain if she didn't want to be yeah. captured on film, and she should. 
close the curtain because there, I'm sure there are people sitting outside her home right now. I'm sure there are. You know, so that's just how it works, right? So I agree with, with them. I think it's interesting that they will take on your court cases, but I think they want to prove a point. So anybody who's willing to do that, you know, they're going to, have to put up with the vast, they're going to, have to just play with the vast money is that OpenAI has to play with right now because there's so much money in this space. It's just incredible. So where are they generating their revenue from? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I would imagine the 20 bucks a month that I pay, it doesn't go very far. No. You know, so they have, uh, you know, Microsoft is behind it and they put a lot of money into it. Elon Musk put a lot of money into, you know, ChatGPT right away uh, or OpenAI, but now he has his own, you know, he has X and Groke. Groke? Grok. Groke. Gotta be Groke. Gotta be Groke. They just have a lot of money that they're, they're not making any money yet, I don't think, but they know that they're going to be able to make a lot of money. And I think that's where like the, 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 the store is going to come in. And, and I guess we'll just continue our conversation about the chat GP store and how you can potentially cash in on that. Great. I need new shoes. You're listening to the tech ranch where technology comes alive. Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. The ChatGPT store. That's where we left off beforehand, before we got sidetracked again. Let's go shopping. We, we could always just have one topic. Because we always find out how many different rails there are off of the train track when you and I are talking. Oh, it's a train wreck. It's hilarious yeah. most of the time. ChatGPT stores. So we go back to the time when apps were being developed for phones. I believe we're at that right now. With the ChatGPT. With ChatGPT. So you're going to have... You'll have free ones. You'll have pay ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like the Sticker Whiz one, right, that I just showed you. That actually... you Okay, the only thing that popped into my head right now was Wizenator, but yeah. that's an entirely different story. <laughs> Got to be a Minnesota Vikings fan. You'll know what we're talking about. You can actually, you know, with that GPT, you, you click on it so that it already kind of has, it's called prompting, right? When you're working with artificial intelligence about how, how do you ask the question? If I ask a question to make an open sign, I'm just looking at the graphic behind you, right? It'll create an open sign. And you'll look at that and you go, well, that's not what I meant. I meant it to be square with yellow and blue and everything else. It doesn't know what it doesn't know. It can't read your mind. Right. And right? we've so, had this conversation about having the, the difficulty with artificial intelligence is knowing what questions and how to ask, how to ask questions. a question. Because it doesn't know nuances. Right. That's correct. At least not yet. Yet. I mean, that I would imagine will come along. But now it's getting to the point where AI can help you ask the questions that it thinks you want to ask. This is what I do. I'll go in and I'll say, I want to create an open sign. What questions do you have for me? So you put it right back on there. Oh, you want to create an open sign? And it'll come back and say, what shape do you want it to be? Well, I would like to be square. What color would you like the background to be? I want it to be black. So you don't know what you don't know. Right. Instead of just, I always ask the question of the artificial intelligence, what is it that you need to know from me so that you can get the right answer or right away, right? So that's how I always do it when I prompt stuff. I can start real basic or I can give it as much information as I want, but I still ask it, what else do you need to know? Instead of assuming 
that the artificial intelligence just knows. What else do you need to know? And, it, and it'll come back and say, at this time, I know I, I don't need to know anything else, and I'll create the image for you, or I'll create the database for you, or whatever it is that you're working on. Have right? you asked it if the bra was really the secret ingredient to creating Kelly LeBrock? No. In Weird Science? It did not ask that. Hmm. Uh-huh. I'm going to go home and do that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Your references to movies sometimes just astound me. (laughs) But you can make, so the Sticker Wiz one is actually a company that has come up with this GPT free. But if you want to make stickers and then at the, you know, you get get it to where you want it to be. And then it'll say, hey, I like that. And it'll come back and say, okay, how many would you like to order? What do you mean how much you want to order? Yeah, you can order 200, 500, 1,000. Yeah, like a thousand. Okay, here's your price. Do you want to put the order in now? Done. All through ChatGPT. My Christmas shopping is over. Think about this. Everybody and their brother and sister are going to want to have their own GPTs for their companies. Because why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Especially if there's money to be made. Well, let's so back that, up a little bit. So think about. The app store, okay? So yeah. You've got free apps. Yeah. You've got pay apps. Yeah. And what winds up happening is apps, as they come out, get gobbled up. They they get acquired. And it's like, hey, this would be really good to add to my platform. Right. So we're going to take that app and I'm going to buy that company and we're going to integrate it. Is that what AI is doing right now Is is accumulating other AI components? To build Skynet? I, 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 I had to throw that in there. But, but it, it, are we in that stage right now? I, I don't know, I guess. I guess I've never really thought about that. I don't think that... I think Google's AI and Microsoft AI, or, or Microsoft is actually the chat GPT stuff. Google is is um, Bard, B-A-R-D. Uh, and then X is now Grok or Grok, and there's a lot of others. I mean, there's just many, many other AIs that are out there. Um, right, but at some point, um, are the marginal ones going to get acquired and, and removed yep. by the larger ones? Kind of like, think of it in so, yeah, social I would media platforms. So. so Facebook buys Instagram and this and this and this because of different things they can add to their platform. Kind of that. Yeah, I would imagine that that might go on a little bit. I, what I see probably bigger is just integration into things that are already out there, right? So you'll, you know, there's going to be all kinds of ways that Walmart, and McDonald's, and and uh, trucking companies and everything is going to just integrate artificial intelligence into their everyday operations. You know, instead of having, um, I don't, I, I guess I'm not coming up with anything too off the cuff right now to think about how you'd integrate. I just saw the whole marketing slogan. AI, cook your own damn burger. (laughs) (laughs) And you might have AI do that for you. But you think about this. I don't think we're, I don't think we're that far off of what you're talking about. Actually. I mean, you walk into McDonald's and you go up to the kiosk that they're now training us on to order your stuff. I think the next one, well, that didn't, uh, we just had a, episode with my wife that didn't did not it didn't tell we're not that far off from talking to it though no telling you right now we're not that far off from just talking to it and it'll just show up on the screen that you order a big mac and fries more so you have the confirmation is this what you meant yes this is what i meant and then the robot in the back 
will start assembling it for us. But that's got to be better than what's out there right now. Because I, I think I told you about the story about the my wife likes a half and half milkshake. Half chocolate, half vanilla. No, you didn't tell me the story. Oh, well. So or at least I was asleep. We're at a McDonald's and, and it's got the kiosk thing there. And so, well, there's no way at the kiosk to order half and half milkshake. She's done it forever. And does she like the chocolate on the top or the bottom? What just I I don't even know. It's just or does she like it just swirled all? Yeah, the, the chocolate's too chocolate. The vanilla she likes a little chocolate, yeah. but not a lot of chocolate. Yeah. So and she's ordered that forever. And so okay, you can't order that at the kiosk. With AI, you could because yeah. it would know what you're talking yeah, about. That's correct. But so we got a, the attention of somebody that was just putting food on the counter because that's all they do now. Um, and it's like, hey. Uh, we want it on the, the key. I was craving a milkshake, by the way. I get strawberry. But some simple. Um, sh- talk to the person. It's like, oh, I don't know if we could do that. What do you mean you don't know if we could do that? Okay. Because the person was trained to do this job, not take orders like right. they used to. Right. Because that's not part of their job anymore. The manager comes out. He's like, well, we can't do that. That would screw up our inventory. And then proceeded to admonish my wife saying, well, you must be lying because we'd, we'd never be able to do it that way. She's always had it done that way. That's when we left. So we'll never go back into that store again. But wow, we don't have that problem with AI. AI would know exactly what she would want, right? Well, I would hope so. I would hope and, so, too. And would also be able to take it off the inventory. If exactly. The issue, half order ice cream or half order chocolate, half order vanilla. There we go. Apparently, it's never been an inventory issue before. Obviously not. It's like a... They have enough that they waste. Waste. Uh, a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see like, dripping on of the things, you know. Yeah. But Wow. Yeah. And, and then called her a liar without calling her a liar because you can't do that. That would screw with inventory. Always done that. It's like <laughs> as you're watching the machine drip right there, yeah, that's the hilarious um, thing. We let's time out here as we're leaving. So uh, that's too bad. Yeah, that, yeah, it is too bad. Yeah, because I didn't get my milkshake, and I was craving a milkshake. She was just getting one because I was there to get one. I've been craving a milkshake for weeks, and have not had an opportunity to get one. Mm. Still craving a milkshake. By the way, just throwing that out there. You know, I was in Pigeon Forge, right? Yeah, yeah. Guess what gas prices are there? Cheaper than here? How is that possible in a tourist trap attraction scenario? It shouldn't be, but... Okay. $2.80 a gallon. Whoa! Notably cheaper. Yeah, it's not like it's a nickel. You know, it's it's kind of sticker shock when you are in one area and then you go to what a tourist trap that you would expect to pay 5 or 6 or even $7 a gallon anymore. Not to get off track here. And then you go to, we don't do that. And then go to Vegas and it's $4.50 a gallon. Then go to LA and it's $6.80 a gallon. And then Pigeon Forge is two eighty. Supply and demand. What? What? They don't have any supply and demand there? You can't even travel in that area. It's so packed all the time. Oh, I know. It's unbelievable. It's for the locals. I was stunned. Just stunned by that. Hillbillies drive big trucks and big trucks take a lot of gas and they got to be able to drive. So can't outprice them. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah, I drive a big truck too. 
They make some modified music, though. Oh, I'm telling you. Oh, my goodness. Well, so, anyway, to stay off track, uh, Pigeon Forge, did you get to see Dolly or Dolly Parton or any artists or? Yes. Was Blake there? Blake. He's got an old red. I didn't know that. There, yeah. I was there for work. Yeah. Yeah. But I did meet somebody significant. Do you have some moonshine? I did have moonshine. Uh Old smoky. Old smoky. Yeah, you can drink a lot of moonshine there. Yeah. Did, did, did you bring me back my requested order? I didn't. Oh, Marlo. But we're going to get some. Okay. So no worries there. I have to go back in about a month and a half. So I'll bring extra. I didn't have... You, need, you knew what my travel was like. Yeah. So I was traveling as light as I possibly could. Um, case price. That's all I'm saying. Just case price. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get you some. Just saying. Yep. I had the, um, what is that? So I had the banana. Ooh, Ooh, I like that one. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, um, what was the other one? They have about 20 different flavors. Oh, yeah. And And they were all home. And they, they always start you with the, like, the worst tasting, what I've noticed at all in samplings, right? Like, whoa. Like, and then the very next one is like, because they, they start you off with a straight little shot of moonshine, right? This is just the original stuff. Straight up Everclear. Right. Yep. And then the very next one is watermelon. And you're like, oh, that watermelon is tasty. Thank you. I could feel my mouth again. All right. <laughs> uh, so that's how they always do that. I was going somewhere with this now. AI. Yeah. I suppose Dolly is going to have an AI. Yeah. They all will, right? They, they all will. Every, every major celebrity moving forward will have some type of artificial intelligence. I'm just telling you, I just, it, it would, it'll have to be that way because these estates and everything else will want their, that legacy to continue. I mean, when you have a Dollywood, people are going to want to go and see Dolly. I'm just assuming that's true. Yeah. Do you like you go see Whitney Houston? Or Elvis. Or Elvis. Lawyer, lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard the, uh, um, now and then, the latest Beatles? I'm not a fan of it. I listened to it the first time. I didn't like it. And now that I've listened to it three or four times, I kind of... I appreciate what they did. Yeah. But the song itself, not a fan. Okay. Interesting. Didn't... Did you watch the video of it? I did. Okay. What did you think of the video? The, the video was pretty good. Going back and forth in time a little bit yeah. there and stuff. Yeah. 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 And I actually watched a, an, an article on the making of the video okay. of the song. It looked okay. a little bit more of a backstory of of the song and how they used the AI for it. And it was like, oh, okay, that's, that's kind of cool. Where'd you see that at? Uh, on TV. Oh, so you think I can find it online somewhere? Probably. Um, it was kind of loosely narrated by Paul McCartney. Oh, so he was or the one, AI, yeah, or possibly. Uh, he was the one telling the story of it and and where they came up with the tapes and how the process worked. And it was yeah, it was rather fascinating actually. I think it's fascinating that somebody like Paul McCartney, who's what eighty years old now, it has to be pretty close. Okay, but think of Paul McCartney going back to the early Beatles years. Well, that's kind of what I was getting at. He's always been an innovator. He always has been, but look at, look at his, in his lifespan, the kind of technology that he has seen through his entire career. It's astounding really when you Mm -hmm. think about it. 
I mean, they barely were out of, they were barely using electrified instruments when he started to play. I think the first electric guitar was in the late 50s, right? Right. So, I mean, we're not even a decade. I mean, when the Beatles hit on the scene, it's not even hardly a decade later when they're huge. Definitely was not auto-tune back in the day. No, there was no auto-tune back in the day. Uh, I wonder if there was any auto-tune in the Now and Then song. It didn't sound like it. Okay. Didn't sound like Paul it. sounded better than normal. That's then what he sounds like on other things that he's right. well, younger. Yeah, and I think that was the ability of the AI to go back and use, okay, which snippet of time do you want his voice from? I see. That's interesting. I want I need to watch the narration of this. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. We're thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. I know we've talked about this a lot in the past about, you know, the, the, the ability to see holographic images like Whitney Houston now, you know, in concert. And they're making, um, Elvis Presley is around the corner. And I think I've seen that Michael Jackson is going on tour. Yeah, yeah that's the, the big tour one. So I'm curious how you feel about that. And are you, What's the price point for you? I mean, is it, are you willing to pay as much, more, or or do you feel that because you're not really seeing that person anymore that it should be cheaper, less expensive to go? I would think it should be cheaper. Okay. And honestly, I don't know if I would go. Is there is there nobody that's no longer with us that you're a huge fan of? That you know that would change that for you, but yeah. Prince. I mean, let's let's talk about. Prince. I, I've seen Prince. Okay, so I, I've got those memories because uh, I for me it comes down to okay, did you make some memories? I got gotcha. you. Great example, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, it's been on my bucket list forever. Yeah, and didn't get off my bucket list. Right. Um, I would be more inclined to watch something at home. On a like pay to have a streaming concert, but then I could go back and watch a live concert for that. So I, if they if they could I, take that live know. concert experience and make it a holographic experience on a stage where you got fifteen thousand people around you again, so you get kind of that concert experience. I mean, this these type of things. Okay, so would would be possible here. So at that point, you're paying for sixteen dollar beers intoxicated, obnoxious people, and 20-minute waits in the bathroom. I'm just asking. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I'm not paying for that. I, I just... I, I, you're, no. just, you're just as happy to sit at home now because you have the big screen TV right. and all that stuff. Yeah, my, my wife's gotten down that road with movies. Um, hey, Top Gun, for example. Yeah. Top Gun comes out in theaters, right? I want to go see it in the theater. She's like, can we just watch it at home? Yeah. She'd rather watch it at home. And I actually know people that... We'll go to the theater, get theater popcorn, and then go home and watch the movie that just came out in the theater because it's actually cheaper. And, and you still get the theater popcorn. Yeah, you still get the theater popcorn. Yeah, yeah I don't know. So for a concert to be able to, there's got to be, and I don't think it exists yet, there has to be an added value. Okay. And I don't know what that added value is right, yet. Right, interesting. I'm not inviting 15,000 people to my living room to watch a concert. I don't know who 
would do it for me. I mean, Phil Collins is still around, and but I, it's always been a bucket list of mine, and I've missed him a couple of times. I mean, he was in Denver a few years ago. I missed him by a day in Vegas. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. It was his last performance, actually. Ooh. And I didn't even know he was on tour. Then I find out the day after that he was just there. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, but the Denver one, I was going to go to him. And the, I mean, the cheapest tickets I could find were like 600 bucks. And I'm just like, man, I just love him. I just, I don't know if I can spend six hundred dollars to go see somebody all right so we so, spend i don't know four hundred dollars to go see somebody no i don't think so okay so and and i guess i guess it's all inclusive of stuff right I mean, if the ticket's 200 bucks but you got to spend another 500 to get there because you're buying an airplane right. ticket and all this other stuff then i guess you need to say that then yes i would well so george Strait's been on my wife's bucket list forever yeah and she never had seen him Okay, you got to go. We're going to go down to Arizona, and when he was playing down there, cheapest ticket she could find nine hundred dollars for nosebleeds. Oh my goodness! Not happening. It was uh, Chris Stapleton, Little Big Town, and George. And the only reason he was out on tour is because he's got a new tequila line that he's promoting. Do you know why the price of tickets have gone up so much for concerts? Mm. It's because they're not making any money on the music sales anymore. Not the music side of stuff. And well, they have to, in order to make the kind of living that they used to make, merch. Of royalties, there's certainly merch. sale tickets or tickets. Yeah, the ticket sales and the merch. Um, makes you appreciate Garth Brooks, um, who's keeps tight tickets prices down. He doesn't anymore. Though. Well, he did. I mean, he, he, he does within the grand scheme of things still to a certain degree. But there are, but because he's a guy that could go 1500 bucks. He's doing that now. Yeah. In Vegas, he's got this intimate that thing that Vegas he needs the three thousand dollars a ticket. Okay, if you want him to sit in your lap and sing you a song, fifteen hundred bucks, fine. Um, but you're right. I mean, Garth always has been that way. Right. Or, but I mean, he's, he was quoted one time, like twenty, twenty five years ago, that he wasn't. He would never charge more than twenty five bucks for a ticket, and yeah. he held to that for a long yeah. time, which is why his concerts would sell out. You know, one night and yeah. three nights and, and seven nights in a row in small, even small venues. Right. It was incredible. So, we went down to George Strait. Um, and I was fortunate enough because of my many, many years in the music industry to get some record label tickets from a record label friend of mine from his label. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't have gone. There, there's no way. Because by the time we got done with the airline ticket to get down there and we didn't have lodging because her parents lived down there. But, okay, who's going to go to that? Say a thousand bucks a ticket. People now, obviously, are going though. That's right. Thing. It was sold out. Yeah, that's the thing. They are going, which is me, which means that this, the prices don't seem to be an object right now. But now, okay, George Strait's not touring anymore. Kiss isn't touring anymore right, after right. this. But would you watch a virtual Kiss tour or a virtual George Strait tour? You're not going to pay the same kind of money, I would think. I don't think people would pay nine hundred bucks for a ticket for, uh, yeah, for a holographic. By the way, those beers are twenty two. Oh my goodness! They were twenty four ounces. They were twenty two dollars. It's just you know, it's I did it, not have a beer there. It has gotten out of hand, actually. So I don't know what else to say about that. I, but people are paying the prices. I'm as guilty as anybody else because you want to still have the experience, you know. So I don't know. I don't know. You no, know, it's kind of all the years. Uh, we fest big country music concert um, venue uh, outdoor concert festival. I think and, I paid seventy for Whitney. Did you? 
But I only paid it because I was so curious about what the technology was going to be like. Well, yeah, but that, that was your added value. Yeah. It was the technology yeah. side of stuff. You were into the technology, not geeky. And I didn't even, and I didn't care for it. I think I told you that before, the way they whisk her off the stage in a, a thing of stars and then she'd show up, you know, 15 seconds later in a different dress and all that stuff, which is great. Uh, but don't make it feel like she's a, uh, holographic image and she should be up there and then if she's going to leave to go make a dress change she should leave walk off the stage or something and come you don't back. need Tinkerbell don't need Tinkerbell and that's exactly what they did with it it took me out of the realm of her being real in front of me well and, she and that's the key is you go to a concert or an event like that for the immersion you're immersed in that event yep. whether it's a sporting event a concert Three, four hours, you're immersed in the the entire event. And with that, the way you described it, it's like you're in and out, in and out, in and out. And it's not, it's not that big immersion. Factor. Right, right. It's like, you know, and then, and then even the applause part of it, right? It's like you, when you go to a movie... And at the end of the movie, it was really, really good, right? You get a few people that might applaud in the movie or whatever, but nobody applauds that much anymore. And that was kind of how it was with Whitney Houston. She'd go off on these thing of stars, and you're like, oh, that's right. It's just I'll make believe again. And whenever and then she was like, the, oh, so it, nice. Instead of the lighters, everybody has their phone up with the camera yeah. light on. Yeah. Does it kind of degrade? Oh, interesting. Nobody did that, so I don't know how to answer that. Kind of curious. But it was, it was an interesting experience, and I, I would probably do it again with somebody else, but I'd like to go just for the experience as opposed to being too much of a geek. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Talk of the town. Local, interesting. A lot of things going on with flood insurance in the Bismarck Mandan area and some things you need to know concerning the Missouri River and some changes that have taken place and, well, are you even going to be able to get flood insurance? Community events. Home Builders Association Parade of Homes going on started yesterday. We'll get the update on that as well this weekend on Super Talk 1270. Community organizations. Epstein Bakken along with Sarah Kelsch from the Bismarck Cancer Center. But I want to talk about the mission and where the mission has gone for those that are served that are dealing with the cancer fight. What's going on in our community? That's Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. If you missed the show, check out the podcast on demand on the Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Talk of the Town thanks our sponsors. Big Boy, Dakota Pharmacy, Benchmark Mortgage, Trademark Realty, Silver Ranch, Peak Automotive and Service, and Runnings. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken. Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. This is the Pet Minute. I'm Steve Dale. It's time for the National Dog Show. David Fry is a preview. Next. Your dog loves going to the dog park and seeing his buddies. Maybe sometimes when you travel, he gets to hang out with friends at his favorite boarding facility. Social dogs like yours need more protection than most. By pairing Bordetella protection, also known as kennel cough, with immunity against canine influenza, we can help ensure these dogs stay healthy. Merck Animal Health wants you to talk with your veterinarian about pairing up for protection with vaccines for your dog for kennel cough and the canine influenza virus. Don't wait. Vaccinate. 
The National Dog Show presented by Purina is back, and longtime host David Fry is here to tell us what to watch for. But I want a dog that is a great specimen of its breed that I can see that physically, but I want to see a dog that's enjoying uh, what it's doing and that it's saying, I'm, I'm the one. The National Dog Show presented by Purina airs on NBC Thanksgiving Day at noon in all time zones. For the Pet Minute, I'm Steve Dale. The Ramsey Show. Up to 50% of American families are paying their adult children's bills to an average of $1,482 a month. Wow. I've never seen it like this. 25% of millennials, their parents are paying their housing, house payment, their rent, or they're living in their basement. You pay your kids' bills. Psychologists call that enabling. As a matter of fact, enabling is quite the opposite of loving. Practical financial advice from Dave Ramsey, starting at 5 p.m. weekdays on Super Talk 1270. KLXX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packer. Pro-Palestinian protests not just in Yemen today, but in European capitals, Paris, London, where crowds march through the streets waving Palestinian flags. Meanwhile, in Gaza, hundreds of patients, staff, and families left Al-Shifa Hospital today in what doctors say was a forced evacuation. The Israeli Defense Forces say the hospital, Gaza's largest, is being used as a command center by Hamas. And call the evacuation voluntary. IDF spokesman Peter Lerner. The administrator of the hospital asked our forces to create an evacuation corridor this morning for the people that can leave. An update on the investigation into yesterday's shooting in the lobby of a hospital in Concord, New Hampshire. New Hampshire Attorney General John Formella on the security officer that was killed. Chief Haas was already a hero when he walked into work yesterday, given his service to our country to our state and to his community, uh, but he will now be remembered forever as a man who died protecting patients, staff, and visitors at New Hampshire Hospital. Authorities say the 33-year-old suspect was a transient person. After X, formerly Twitter owner Elon Musk responded to a controversial tweet describing an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory as, quote, absolute truth earlier this week. Multiple high-profile companies are pulling their ads off the platform this weekend in condemnation of Musk's comments. ABC News business correspondent Alexis Christophorus has more. Among those pausing ads on the platform, Lionsgate and Disney, the parent company of ABC. The New York Times reporting that Apple and Paramount have also suspended their ads. The companies followed tech giant IBM, which stopped ads on X Thursday. Musk tweeted early today that X will be filing a thermonuclear lawsuit against Media Matters and all those who colluded in what he calls this fraudulent attack on our company. This is ABC Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, look for sunny skies and a high around 51 degrees. Mostly clear tonight, low of 30. Partly sunny and around 50 for Sunday. For Sunday night, chance of rain, 34. For Monday, partly sunny and breezy, a slight chance of rain. We'll see a high near 48 degrees. Are you behind on your tax payments? Call Tax Solutions now for help. 800-281-8193. Currently, 53 degrees. 
Hey, everyone, this is Robert Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Mary and me and Rudy every Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel, talk with the newsmakers, share compelling experiences, and explore the world together during the fastest two hours in travel. It's in our DNA to travel. The world of travel is so entwined in our daily lives. It's an economic engine, and that's why we do everything we can to bring you a diverse show that's different than anything you'll see here or find anywhere else. So join us on RM World Travel or engage us anytime at rmworldtravel.com. News, talk, and sports for Bismarck Mandan. Super Talk 1270. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So I don't know if you knew this or not, Steve, but how many dollars worth of software do you think are or the companies pay to have their software put on PCs? Drives the price down. I'm sure it's... Well, with the number of PCs that go out there, it, it, it's got to be substantial, but they're doing it through volume. So I'm guessing that number's fairly low. So it's... A couple hundred bucks? It, it's more than that. I mean... You know, on a, in a, I know that, uh, um, you know, we we're kind of leading up to this, but it can be worth hundreds of dollars per, per computer. And a lot of it, uh, a lot of it will depend on the computers too. So if you're buying a gaming computer, for example, it's being sold as a gaming computer, these gaming companies will pay for the right to have, you know, like Blizzard, for example, will have software installed on that computer. They pay for that privilege drives the cost down of those PCs. You're buying a PC for $1,000, might have actually cost $1,400 because uh, otherwise, because of the preloaded uh, software that's on there. The company... But you're also saving a lot of money on the software because if you bought some of that software outright, that's expensive. Expensive. And a lot of this stuff is kind of a, a freemium type of thing, right? So Blizzard will have their stuff on there. Uh, and then they know that if you're going to be using that that software, there's add-ons and all that other good stuff. So they, they understand the value of having that pre-built into the computer and they pay for that privilege because they'll have more business come because of that, right? The same is true here, I'm sure. I mean, uh, if if an iPhone, we were just talking about a little bit ago, if it costs $1,000 and if Google's paying Apple billions of dollars a year to have Google as the preferred search engine on there, I mean, does that mean your phone's going to cost 1100 bucks in the future? And and uh, so I can't imagine that Apple's going to be real happy about this either. So when you're looking at, it's almost like you're bundling the software and the device that are going together. Yes. But that's a win-win for the consumer. Uh, it, the other side of that too is it, it, if I'm buying just a regular computer for purposes of around the house and a little business and going online, um, it's a lot easier for me to have that software already on there than, okay, separately go buy the, the software, probably a greater expense, and then to have to download all, all of the software and install it. It's like, it just came with it. And consumer is easier. And this is the other thing about that, that conversation or that way of thinking too. 
I'm sure if Microsoft came along uh, and and to Apple or to Samsung and said, hey, we'll pay you $1.5 billion a year because we want our search engine to be the preferred search engine on your devices, I'm sure Apple and Samsung would probably listen to them. I mean, it's a oh, bit, they would, it's a bit yeah. of a scenario. It's no different than advertising. I mean, if you're, if you're company A willing to pay a million dollars to have an ad on a Super Bowl and there's company B willing to pay two million dollars to have that ad on the Super Bowl, who do you think the Super Bowl people are going to go with? If it's, it's a free market, if it's eth- ethical and whatever, they'll go to the two billion dollar or the two million dollar ad, right? I mean, it's no different. It's right. It's a free market. So by having the government get involved with this again, I, I think it's all just it's free choice, and people just are preferring to use Google products in this scenario. So I don't know. It's just interesting. It kind of cracks me up, though, because there's been a trend over the last several years with Super Bowl ads. You say you brought them up. Um, scroll moment. Um, they're like Seinfeld episodes. It's like, what was that? It was a commercial about nothing. But somebody paid millions of dollars for that. You exactly. notice that lately? Yes. I just say, I, a little aside, I'm like, why is that a trend? I mean, because you can write it off from a business expense? I don't know. Right. So they actually talk about DuckDuckGo. Have you ever used DuckDuckGo before? I haven't used it, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Um, you know, they've had cute little ads that run out there. Of course, uh, DuckDuckGo um, ensures users that they're not being tracked. So cookies and that type of thing are not a right. thing. And, and they base their, their search engine around privacy. Um, and, of course, Google, which is long-tracked users for targeting advertising. Um, and, of course, DuckDuckGo is excited that this case is headed to trial because they think that DuckDuckGo can become more, uh, even more prominent about this. And and I'm sure they're going to, because of the trial, uh, some of the, the things that Google probably doesn't want people to know, like they're tracking you all the time, um, is going to They all do that. that. That That's a... Well, DuckDuckGo does not. As a consumer, yeah, but as a consumer... That's an assumption we just, you kind of get, mm, we're being tracked. There's a certain amount of data that is being gleaned if you use pretty much anything. You just, that's kind of an assumption in today's day and age. Now, I noticed that you were just eating some Cheetos. And what? And because we're talking about Cheetos now, I mean, that ad is going to appear uh, on our phones <laughs> shortly. Exactly. Right. But with a coupon, I hope. Yeah, yeah. I love Cheetos. Have you, um, have you been targeted for some type of advertising for something or another though that you're like, oh, I didn't even know this thing existed, and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm excited now, and I actually went out and bought this because you know Google or Facebook or whatever no. knows who you are and has targeted advertising to you that you actually purchased something. No, I, ever. When I get inundated with ads, and I run, okay. I. I I, I'm I'm going to shop local for the most part on things like that. I'm not going to a, but but those ads now are starting to get to be local. So say you're looking for a new camper in one of the camper stores in town, um, they subscribe to one of the Google services, and gee, you'll get ads from that camper store right. that it, yeah. So or boats or or whatever the product might be, but usually I I don't gravitate towards those targeted ads because I. I know they're targeted. 
what, what gets a little scary is when you're talking about a product and you're not online and then you still get inundated with all those ads. <laughs> How does that work, Marlo? Well, what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you saying? <laughs> is it, it's like somebody was listening to me. Somebody was listening to you. There's devices around you all over the place. I mean, that, that TV behind you is listening to you right now and your phone is listening to you and the, the it's like that Rockwell song from the eighties. That's right. Somebody's watching. Somebody's watching. Well, somebody's listening more than watching, but yeah, there's enough cameras out there too. That's well, I, I, I never got into it and you're connected in your home. So I'm not a, a, a big Alexa or Google Nest or. I, I don't go down that road because of I I don't trust it, right? You know, right. I, I just I, are you listening? Are you recording something or videoing something? Or well, of course, no, the, you know, the only way it works is by the keywords. So if I were to say, "Hey Google," and uh, there goes my phone right now listening to me, <laughs> but in order for that to work, it has to be listening all the time. That's the only way it works. It has to be listening, right? Yeah. So this is interesting too, by the way. So if somebody were to hack into that, then, you know, what are they listening to or what are they doing? Well, and they, you know, some of these companies, when it's come to, to crimes, for example, there's been a few murders or whatever that they've tried to subpoena uh, those records from those devices uh they haven't been successful they've tried to get apple to roll over a few times and they haven't been successful to this point um but anyway so television by the way is changing uh right before eyes as far as advertising goes too i don't know if you've seen this but uh because of the all the streaming that's going on technology now will allow them to target advertising to you as well so if you are for example, watching a current program on Paramount or CBS and the ad that you see, you know, if you're watching like a free version of something that has advertising still built into it, the ad that you see moving forward, Steve, for Cheetos will be different than the ad that I see at the exact same time because I'll get the Doritos ad instead. Isn't that something? Wow. Yeah. So it's the program. So I try to DVR everything so I can skip. Sure. Stuff. Sure. I, I, I'm, I'm catching myself more and more and I never thought I'd be that guy. Uh, but I'm catching myself more and more. Uh, program starts at seven o'clock and I'm going to watch it and I'll wait until about seven twenty to start watching it so that by eight o'clock I've caught completely caught up and I can skip through all the, <laughs> the commercials. You, uh, uh, it's lovely that you say that when you and I are employed on a program that's that mm-hmm. we make our money from advertising. It is. So, but for me, it's just there's a tipping point. I'll sit through stuff, but six or seven minutes of something that doesn't interest me. And I complain about this all the time about short attention spans and where we are as a society and instant gratification stuff. And then I catch myself doing that because the six minutes or seven minutes isn't holding my attention. I, I, right. I, no. Uh, or, you know, that's an opportunity to get up and go to the bathroom. 
Grab a bowl of ice cream. And, of course, you know. Now I'm going to get ice cream ads. And, of course, the things that we talk about. I like ice cream ads. The, uh, um, you know, if you and I were to, and we talk about Yarbo all the time, of course, and, and uh, we probably should explain to, we might have a, a new listener or two, so we should probably in the next segment talk about Yarbo a little bit. But uh, um, the fact that we love the Arbo machine um, is is more of an endorsement than it is an advertisement, right? So it's it's right. different, you know, in all the products that we're talking about here. Um, hopefully, somebody will hear, hear or see some value in the things that we talk about. So, so there's value to that, whereas just being blatantly thrown a commercial, hoping that you know one percent of the public is interested in that product is different. It's totally different. Yeah, they cast the net really far and wide, right. and and I I don't like that net. But it's but advertising is becoming more and more uh, specific, focused, yeah. and it will be on television as we move forward as well. Uh, you're going to see more and more focused ads. So it'll be really interesting to see how that even impacts like the Super Bowl and places and things like that because uh, of the dollars that come in for Super Bowl ads, will they be able to fragment that across the market? And we're back with the Tech Ranch. Getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Alright, so this is the what the segment. <laughs> the what the what? Right. So I'm sure you I'm sure you've looked at things or whatever in the past. You're like, why why do they spend time working on this stuff or whatever, right? Uh this to me falls into that. Talking about us or other people? Well, yeah. Scientists <laughs> scientists figured out how to write in water. German physicists use an ion exchange microbead as a very tiny pen and have used this to write in water. Okay, wait a minute. That that that's not new. Divers have no, 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 no. dry erase boards. So, no, no, you don't understand what I'm saying. The, the dry erase board is water. They're actually oh. writing in water or on water. The, the, the water is the chalkboard. Or wow. A piece of paper. Okay. So what's the application for that? That's what I'm asking. I mean, cause there's what the what? <laughs> Does they spend three billion dollars trying to figure this out, and then probably taxpayer dollars? It's okay. But wow, why? What? Why would you need that? What are we going to use this for? I'm just trying to figure out. I'm I'm reading through this right now. Let's figure out a unique method for writing in water and other fluid substrates, according to a recent paper. I suppose we won't have to have paper on the side of our vitamin water anymore. They can just write in there and have the whole ad in the bo- bottle of water instead. I, I, if you think about it, I, I, if you think about it, so the packaging is the most expensive part of a lot of products. So toothpaste is one of my favorite examples. The toothpaste itself, relatively inexpensive. The tube, the writing on the tube, the, t- the box the tube comes in, the writing and the marketing on the that's expensive. It's way more than what the cost of the actual toothpaste is. So, can you get rid of labels now? Uh, that's a good question. And I would have to think that the turbulence in water, I mean, if you were to go, going to go out and write something in the ocean, you know, or whatever, I mean, the water is moving all the time. How do you, how do you counter that? I, I, I just... 
you know, you can write it and then it disappears. It, it's like, um, oh, what's the, uh, um, Snapchat. It's like Snapchat. The message is only there for five seconds because it'll disappear forever after that, right? So how long before they figure out some nano marketing tool piece of technology where the message can change? In water? In it, yeah. I I don't know. I suppose there's obviously something that we're not seeing here other than messaging for, for divers and things like that. So I, it's, it's fascinating though, but why there's what the what? Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it either. What, what's it used for? Right. Right. What's the purpose where there's gotta be a function. So we'll have to, we'll have to continue to follow that, I guess. We'll put it on the list. Okay. List of things to follow to see what practical uses there are for writing on water. The what the what follow up list. Yeah. We just, every week we're going to have a what the what section. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Researchers in UC Santa Barbara professor uh, have proposed a new foundation that can enable high quality imaging of steel objects with only Wi-Fi signals. Really? So this is interesting. The trace edges of objects, the technique has also enabled for the first time imaging or reading of the English alphabet through walls with Wi-Fi. A task deemed too difficult for Wi-Fi in the past due to complex letter details of letters. So, so this radio wave that's all over the place, right? I mean, I'm broadcasting to you on a Wi-Fi signal right now. You probably, and you have Wi-Fi in your studio that you're at right now, Steve. So this signal now has the ability to track images. Okay. This might be the what the what to here, so... But I, I'm I, I'm 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 getting all conspiracy theory spy well, techie kind of exactly where I'm going with this as well. Yeah. But but first responders maybe you know in a fire situation, uh, you know, and and I'm thinking medical purposes as well. I mean, if they're able to use Wi-Fi uh, to read a comp the complex details of letters through walls, can they scan your heart? Can they, you know, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. I mean, what's possible here? Because if this is going through a wall first and they're still able to read these letters on the other side of a wall, what is, what kind of barrier is skin to that? I I think almost nothing, right? So you don't basically have to get undressed at the airport to go through. (laughs) They do have technology for that, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm I'm still going on for some different applications. Crowd analytics, person identification, smart health, and smart spaces. These are the areas that they think Wi-Fi imaging uh, will have an impact on. The other thing that's interesting about Wi-Fi, by the way, and I don't know if you know this, is the transmission of electricity. Uh Uh-oh. 
and through Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. So just like what you how you charge your phone wirelessly right now, um, they feel that sometime in the future, uh, and I've seen this. There's actually a protocol for this already using Wi-Fi to transmit electricity wirelessly, using like the the same type of router that you'd use to transmit your uh, Wi-Fi signal for access to the internet and networking uh, has the ability to transmit uh, small parts or, you know, of electricity. So if you were to go in an area, for example, then your phone would just automatically start to charge by itself. And there are actually homes that have been built on this protocol. One in Sweden, for example, uh, that runs almost everything on wireless electricity within the house. So your microwave and your television and all these things, even your toaster, runs on wireless electricity. Okay, I know we're we're coming up towards the end of the segment here, but you know that goes back to something you and I have uh, actually a little bit to how we met uh, concerning autonomous vehicles and autonomous corridors. And one of the constraints was, well, how do you charge those things? And and now going forward to electric vehicles, that's the technology to okay. In, instead of trying to figure out how to charge your electric vehicle, it just charges while you're driving down the road. So then you just need a small battery instead of having a 10,000 pound right. battery in your car. You just need to have enough energy to get you to the next mile or two because it continues right. charges. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I know we're running into the end of the segment here, but uh, there are some uh, very interesting developments in this, including... That's a cool what the what. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you and I actually have other information on this that could have significant impact to the generation of electricity uh, wow. moving forward with with this transmission of wireless electricity. Uh, and I'll just tease everybody here because it's something that is going to be happening in space. And how do you final frontier? How do you get that power to Earth? So. Uh, yeah, we're going to tease everybody. It's that big tether thing. It says the big tether thing I was talking about uh, in the past, but it's been modified a little bit. Uh, so this will be fun to talk about here in the next segment. So stay tuned, everybody, because uh, the tether is going away. You've returned. Technology is our passion. Let's jump back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. In the 80s, somebody had this amazing idea that they would build a solar array in space and tether this long line, uh, this cable to the Earth, and they would put this, they would put the craft high enough into orbit that it would always be hit by the sun, always producing electricity, and then it would run down this big cable. So if you can imagine this, this smaller object being tethered to the Earth as it's spinning at twenty-four thousand miles. Just going crazy, right? Um, so do you have to loop the cord there so the <laughs> extension cords don't unplug? Because I run into that when I'm out in the yard. <laughs> Can you imagine the extension cord that would have to be built for that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's multiple cords. You'd have to have You're right. Many, you have to loop cord. together and all this good stuff. Yeah, and, so they don't come apart. And, you know, when one does come apart, then what do you do? Who's climbing up that tower? Well, you call the service guy. So anyway... Uh, so this is interesting, and, and this was seriously talked about uh, back in the 80s about how this could be possible and how you would run this cable. So fast forward, and we've talked about this before, 
about beaming power from space using wireless uh, technologies. So I can't, I'm giving you all she's got. Earlier this year. <laughs> Nothing on my Scotty in person. Come on. I thought it was good. That was good. <laughs> so earlier this year, a space solar power prototype has demonstrated its ability to wirelessly beam power through space and direct a detectable amount of energy toward Earth for the first time. The experiment proves the viability of tapping into a near limitless supply of power in the form of energy from the sun from space. So it's not that this is just being talked about. It has actually been done earlier this year. So is this not dissimilar from a lightning strike? Well, the lightning strike has a lot of power to it. Right. Well, I, I'm I'm just talking about scalability, but basically, the the ability to shoot power from point A to point B, um, it's kind of what lightning does. But we'll be able to control this, of course. Right. Uh, we'll be able to harvest all the time because the craft will be high enough in orbit that the sun will always be there. And solar energy in space isn't subject to factors like day and night, you know, clouds, weather. Uh, it's always available. Um, and they're stating that space-based harvesters, meaning that solar fields in space, potentially yield eight times more power than solar panels on any location on the surface of the globe. And that makes sense. I mean, you, you take away... You're not filtering through all the, of it. the atmosphere. Right. Yeah, they're just, they become more efficient... You don't have all the uh, challenges of a rainstorm or or sand or you know dust accumulating on the panels. All of that goes away here, right? So it's really interesting. So the wireless power transfer was achieved by the microwave array for power transfer low orbit experiment. Experiment, and you're gonna love this acronym, Maple, for short. <laughs> Maple syrup? It stands for microwave. I know. Microwave array for power transfer low orbit experiment or maple. They just won my vote of approval because anything that has maple attached to it is good. Yeah. Uh, an array of flexible and lightweight microwave power transmitters, which is one of the three instruments carried by the space, uh, space solar power demonstrator or the SSPD. So this was launched in January 2023. And, uh, um, yeah, this, this could potentially change the way that we create or have electricity on earth. It's really interesting. Okay. So I find this rather interesting when you've got a couple plans, multiple plans. I, I think of four, um, that I've read over the last couple of weeks. Then whether you're into climate change or not, um, one of the discussions has been to uh, a sulfuric mist in the atmosphere because they want to get rid of um, some of the solar radiation reaching the planet because of global warming, under under global warming. So now you're going to get out of the atmosphere and create electricity in space, but creating electricity here from a solar perspective with 
pretty much three out of the four things that I saw uh, would end because they're mitigating the filtration of sunlight to the surface. I, I, I find that an interesting juxtaposition. Won't argue with that, you know, but I, I do think that this, if I were to ever get behind solar power, this is where I would go because the efficiency of collecting power in space is greatly enhanced. And I think that ability to beam power to the planet, um, I'm not sure about health scenarios. I think about the house in Sweden, for example, that has wireless power throughout the house. I mean, what does that cancer cluster look like? <laughs> Your kid's got three heads, but that's okay. So, You've got you know, because they talk about cancer clusters around transmission lines, for example, right? I mean, well, yeah, my goodness, now for transmitting power, and that's what radio waves are too. I mean, these are just small right. of electricity, right? So, and there's a lot of talk about because we have more and more of this transmission going on. Uh, people, people don't think about it because you can't see it, but there are people who... People that are freaked out about 5G. Yes, you know, yes, because of, you know all the conspiracy theories behind five G. It's like, oh, we're all going to get right, and right, and and so there is that, and of course, you know, other things like you know what happened to the bees, you know, and a lot of yeah. people talk about well, it's because we are using you know some type of radio frequency now that that they're unable to talk to each other because of all the interference, and you know, I I don't know. I mean, these are just they all can't find their hive, and all these theories that go on because of that, and there's probably some truth to some of this stuff. Uh, because these are areas that we've ever come into before, but you know, do you, do you, uh, like to you now, you're talking about how you can charge cars going down the road, right? Do you have mm-hmm. this blanket of this kind of energy across a certain path, like a roadway that you focus in on? And then you have some type of collector on the car, some type of antenna or whatever that can collect that energy and power your car. Well, it's like a cable car, but now you're looking at a Wi-Fi site. So yeah, you look at a wire. Like electric trains have a a connection to a wire that runs above it, or um, now you've just got that connection that you know maybe it's something as simple as a, a, a static charging uh, from an electrified mat that's either embedded in the roadway or you know the roadways a solar panel. I, I there's there's a lot of different ways to configure that but what that would do for transportation um again you can't charge your vehicle well i don't have to worry about it now right right you know i I was thinking too is something that's really cool with this that we didn't talk about so if you have the ability to transfer electricity like that from space to the earth isn't that like a Big old death ray. <laughs> I suppose. Like, that, that, the fair, yeah, I might, I'm buying into this more and more now. <laughs> you know, and, and you start thinking about um, wireless power as well. And, you know, you go to third world countries and it, it it's no different than would you wire a third world country now for phone service or would you just put cell towers up no yeah cell tower yeah so that technology that that we you know had in our country for all these years is surpassed now uh by a third world country same is true with electricity i mean can you just go there and put wireless power up and then you know their house that 
you they couldn't afford to run wires to in the past. All of a sudden, they can just get wireless power right. to them with. Well, the infrastructure is expensive yeah. as heck because you know. Would you? The question is, would you replicate a power grid with the infrastructure that we have today? No, you, right. you wouldn't. Right. There, there's. It's obsolete. Yeah, it's obsolete. I mean, it's it's held together with bailing wire and duct right. tape, and it's obsolete. We've had this discussion that, you know, in the past, you know, just forget electric vehicles and all of the push towards electrifying transportation. Just go to a smart house. You mentioned that house over in yep. Sweden. Just from a smart house perspective, how much electricity does a smart house consume versus a regular home because when everything's connected, it's utilizing electricity. Right. So nothing shuts off. So now extrapolate that out over millions of homes. That's a lot of consumption. Yep, it is. And that's where I see the grid being shaky. So would you re- replicate that that old methodology? Yeah. No. Yeah. Is something better? I hope yeah. so. And it sounds like this could be, you know, a potential answer to that but again we don't know the health ramifications of all this and that's probably to me the scariest thing um because i you know as i've looked at cancer clusters around transmission lines there seems to be some truth to that uh it always there there always seems to be these cancer clusters around transmission of electricity and it kind of makes well, maybe it, in moderation so in moderation things Right. Well, yeah, it, that, no, it, that's exactly it, right. Instead of living in an 1,100-watt microwave, we'll all just live in a 750-watt microwave. It'll, It'll be, fine. be fine then. That's right. <laughs> Moderation. So, but, you know, what What does it do to things? And and I think these are the things that, you know, can, can you modify that beam so it just only hits like a receiver and then, you know, do the same thing, you know, but, you know, the, the days of, maybe wiring uh, power to a house 20 miles out in the country uh, might be coming to an end. The same way that, you know, you wouldn't put a landline in that house anymore. You would just put a couple cell phones that people would have, you know, power might be coming, might come to you the same way that we get our cell phone signals now, which is a really interesting scenario. Well, that's fascinating. And, and the other avenue is, uh, you know, going back to the transportation side, it's like, I know you're going to miss your tether. I, cause we've talked about that. You're going to miss your tether. Um, but just where you have, I have talked in the past about the ability to charge on the fly. I mean, it, that's the limiting factor for electric vehicles right now. It's the range and the ability to get to a charging station and waste the time it takes to charge. And don't even think about it in terms of smaller vehicles, like a a family car. Think of it in terms of the trucking industry. Everything gets trucked, everything gets shipped. And you take a look at states like California that have mandated um, some of these, well, after the first of the year, some of these shipping and, and trucking companies that, you no longer are going to have that diesel vehicle. You're going to have an electric vehicle. Oh, by the way, instead of being able to travel 1,200 miles, you can only travel 250. And instead of fueling up in 15 minutes, it's going to take you six hours to fuel up. Logistically, what that does, I mean, it brings society to a grinding halt and, and really feeds into inflation. 
now the ability to just fine charge on the fly. Yep. I, I, I'm I'm good with that. Which leads into one of your favorite spaces, autonomous vehicles. It is one of my favorite. And autonomous corridors. You know, that's where you and I first met and started having technology conversations. It's the ability to build that autonomous highway, that corridor. Uh, what do you need people there for? Just let it go. And I, I, I truly do look forward to the day. Um, and I think it'll be in our lifetime, Steve. So... Uh, where we can hop into a car and just just tell it where to go. Yours or mine? I'm much. Yeah, you are much younger than me. Really yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little more hair. Yeah, a little, <laughs> no. a little better in shape, maybe. Although I'm catching up to you there too. So, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, uh, really really interesting. I think, and and uh, you know, the ability. You know, I, I think as we move forward, even with the autonomous vehicle scenario, uh, you're seeing other power come forward as well including like compressed air i don't know if you've seen any of these compressed air vehicles but they they have always fascinated me and you know the ability to to drive down the road using just compressed air is really interesting i kind of look at them as a big spud gun that's exactly what they are too yeah so i think it'd be fun to actually just go into the uh, gas station and, and pull up to the air fueler. You're gonna you're gonna fill up your tires? No, no, no. I'm filling up my car. <laughs> Sit there for ten minutes while the thing goes ding, 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 like the air compressor goes. You know, I think it's so fun. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Ancient supervolcano in the U.S. may hide the largest lithium deposit ever found. Really? Isn't that... Yeah, I thought you were going to say ancient Chinese secret. TV commercial. <laughs> yep. Uh, an ancient supervolcano in the United States may be hiding the largest deposit of lithium found anywhere in the world. A new study hypothesis that the McDermott caldera, which sits on the border between Nevada and Oregon, contains more than double the concentration of lithium seen in any other bed of clay globally, around 20 to 40 million metric tons in total. So this is just a hypothesis, though. Well, I've actually gone and done a test mining. Right, right. I've been there. Actually, it's a really cool area. Really? Yeah, it kind of looks like moon rock around. There. Well, that's that's exactly right. I'm looking at the, uh, uh, in fact, it's really close to the uh, moon. What the heck is the name of the the national park that's there? Yeah, it's the moon rock. That, yeah, yeah, it's really it's like the landscape's crazy. Crazy, yes. So it's worth noting. That I used to drive that way back all the time when I lived in Portland, driving down to to Tahoe, going skiing. Current plans to mine the soft silvery metal are steeped in controversy, of course. Uh, lithium is like liquid gold for car manufacturers. It's used to build the batteries in electric vehicles and to meet rapidly rising demand. An estimated million metric tons of it will be needed by 2040. So, interesting. And, of course, uh, not to get political, but China, of course, has been running around around the world buying up every lithium deposit they can get their hands on. So the fact, and even if they don't own the deposits, what they've done, Canada is a great example. Um, Canada has a lot of rare earth minerals, uh, but they own the mining rights. So you can still own the product, and when we mine it, you'll get a percentage. But we have to okay the mining of that. So you're controlling the market in a different space. But 
it, if China doesn't own it outright, then they own the mining rights to a lot of it. Right, right. I love this too. So in this article, uh, lithium operations can destroy ecosystems, deplete groundwater, and produce masses of waste. During battery manufacturing, fossil fuels are also burned. <laughs> Which begs the question, just stick with the fossil fuel because the end game is shorter. Yeah, I agree. You know, from an environmental perspective, you're a better outcome with just sticking to the fossil fuels than what the inputs are to create something that is going to cause another ecological issue. Well, you and I, I mean, and, and this was very loose math uh, one day, what, three or four months ago on the program had actually penciled out that in order to make the electric vehicle um, where you actually start to get to a net gain uh, over fossil fuels, we figured, what, between 120 and 150,000 miles on that vehicle. And, and by that time, you probably have to replace the battery. So yeah. what are you gaining? You're really, at this time, not gaining much because of the battery. Now, if we go back to you know being able to charge these things wirelessly, like you and I were just talking about in the last segment, that changes everything, of course. But, but as of right now, that's where we're at. Um, and the longevity of the battery, though, too, because you can take an electric vehicle and the vehicle itself is not the issue. Great technology. Love them. Um, the battery and the battery life. You know, the other side of that, what do you do with all those batteries when they're shot? Because usually the, the vehicle shot because the cost to replace the battery in the vehicle, you, know, you don't get 10 years out of the battery. So there's no secondary market for the vehicle because of the cost of the battery right, at this time exactly. as well. So you're not going to go buy a used electric vehicle that's 10 years old. Right. So at the moment, the U.S. is largely largely reliant on China for its lithium. So there's been a recent push to mine more on federal lands. If all goes well, the Thacker Pass lithium mine will be the second large, the second large scale mine of its kind in the nation. So we'll have another large scale mine too. So project is owned by Lithium Nevada, a subsidiary of Lithium Americas Corporation, which funded the recent research. So, yeah. But still, hypothesis, not, they, they haven't come up with any samples to go, yeah, hey, there's a boatload down here. But it looks really, really good. So, I, and I don't think they'd be putting this out if they didn't think that this was, um, you know, a possibility. I'm reading through the rest of it here. It really is on the border of Nevada and Oregon, uh, Fort McDermott Reservation uh, is just to the east of it. And that, Thatcher Pass, uh, which is on the south side of this, Quinn River Valley is right there. I don't know if you're familiar with any of this. Fort McDermott Reservation is on the south side as well. So it looks like the reservation has a couple of locations around it. Yeah, I've driven through there. Okay. It's Cool topography. I mean, it's really a cool space. I'm not seeing... And then you get into the desert of Adam and you're like... Oh, right, right. So, interesting space. Um, this is significant for the electric production of... Or for the production of electric vehicles in the United States, simply because we won't be as reliant on China uh, for the lithium. So That's really been one of the big limiting factors when it comes to electric transportation is you're looking at lack of mineral resources to be able to produce this ourselves. Right. So you're reliant on somebody else. Right. And 
that doesn't make for a very good market space. Well, and, and, you know, you could say that, you know, the U.S. and China are not at very good terms right now. Um, you know, so at any time, you know, we're so reliant on China for lithium and, and many other things, by the way. This is why Intel actually has moved its production facilities to the U.S. as well, the chip manufacturer, uh, because they, during the pandemic, of course, we had a chip shortage and China at any time can say, no, sorry. And this is even happening with Apple right now, too, because Apple is um, China, China government officials. Uh, they're taking their Apple phones away from them. They can't use them at work anymore. And it's interesting because Apple employs upwards of a million people in China for manufacturing, but yet they're they're willing to to take the chance uh, of the government not, you know, actually sanct of using those devices because of security issues. I think it's just kind of a slap in the face to us because we say the same thing about China and the devices they send over to us. So, are they all on TikTok? That's a good question. <laughs> They probably talk about Facebook the same way we talk about TikTok. Probably, right? And they don't talk about Facebook yeah. very well either. So, so funny. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, so I think uh, I think this is fun. The uh, the part that you know, hopefully they can get the lithium mine off the ground and will become more self sufficient in that space, and that would be a big deal for electric vehicles in this country. So, when you're looking at the limiting factors for electric vehicles, that's one of them. The cost is another. Uh, distance between charging the charging station side though because you, you can make all the vehicles you want but the infrastructure for the charging side isn't out there and you found that out firsthand yeah and it is something that's going to have to be addressed and it's it's certainly you know the amount of electricity that that electric vehicles take uh is significant as well so we have to continue to produce more electricity the, inf- the infrastructure just isn't there for electric vehicles right now. There's no doubt about it. Another fun tech ranch, uh, you know, and we've got the website and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, go out, go out and check out the website. Uh, I'm hopeful that we keep saying it's going to be, the new one's going to be available shortly. It will be available shortly. Please be patient, everybody. It's going to... Uh, you actually have to be in town for a little bit. I do. We're, we're going to make some changes to that, hopefully, as well. So, But everybody, it's been a great, great talk. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on The Tech Ranch. And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. 